Todd. Hugo. What's happening? How are you? Good and you? Good. Is it just me and you? Uh, just stand by. No, can you see me? No. Okay, hold on. There we go. I'm just gonna move it back a bit. Yeah, boy. Alright. <laughs> hey how's it going? Good, thanks, so. Good. So why don't you guys uh, introduce yourself? Um, my name is Hugo, and that's Neil next to me, and we are both uh, from South Africa. We are currently in Pretoria at my house, and yeah, we both rollerblade. We've been rollerblading for quite a long time, and yeah, how about you? <laughs> well, I'm Todd. I'm in Canada. Um, I'm in. I'm actually in Kamloops now. I recently moved from Vancouver. And uh, it's morning here. I just woke up. Okay. I just I just took my morning shit. <laughs> so I'm feeling I'm feeling good. I'm empty. I've got energy. What is it? Uh, is it nighttime there? Yes. Yeah. It's now just after 8 p.m. Interesting. 8 p.m. Sunday. Sunday. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's like it, it, you guys are in the future. Yeah, yeah, it's wow. crazy, dude. Uh, it's 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 mind-boggling. Listen, just to let you know, um, <laughs> we are smoking some stuff. Some I, I guess you guys call it a hookah over there. Yeah. Um, we I won't say we are addicts. Well, we are, but we're predominantly obsessed. So. Neil has his own one going, and I have my own one going, so all the bubbling noises you're going to hear is going to be that. Nice. Nice. Right on. <laughs> what? Right on. So, so tell me, like, how, why, why do you rollerblade, and, like, how did you start to rollerblade? Okay, well, I'm... I'm going to start off. Um, basically, I started because it was that, that time in, like, in the period, I don't know, everybody rollerbladed. Everybody had cheap rollerblades, and we just, um, everybody, all my friends had rollerblades, and we, we started, um, yeah, just skating around in the streets and stuff. And, and then a couple of my brother's friends, they actually... They had like the hoax, and um, they like kind of introduced introduced me to you know like stair riding and gaps and grinding and all that. And uh, yeah, that's a long time ago. So um, I don't know. It just kind of couldn't stop <laughs> from there. That's how I. Started. What uh, what what year was this? When you when you started uh, just rollerblading with all your friends? Yes, I was I was really young. Um, I was nine years old, and I think it was ninety three, ninety four, around there. Wow. <laughs> so you are um, an OG. An OG. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> he is a proper OG. Yeah. Proper. Wow. So South Africa. Um, tell me about. Listen, like, I, what... sorry, I, I just want to interrupt you there. Um, I, I just want to thank you for for taking this time to do this with us, dude. Um, 
I know you you said you're working and stuff, and I know the time difference is you know is quite an inconvenience. So, and you don't know us from anywhere. So, I mean, this could be a total waste of your time. So, thanks a lot for you know spending this time and you know talking to us. It's it, it's really cool, and you know I'm sure people here would really. Uh, I guess they would appreciate, you know, us getting, you know, a little bit of exposure. But, I mean, we've been, I mean, the people here, like, check the podcasts all the time and I've listened to some of them. So I guess it would be really cool to say, you know, that we were, you know, on the podcast or, you know, on your podcasts, which, you know, just adds to the list. So thanks a lot, man. Yeah, cool. You're welcome. And thank you guys for for actually coming on. I know it's kind of weird. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it is kind of weird, dude. It's it's you know what's even more weird is I've actually worked with you and with Carly before. Um, uh, I think yes, I can't even remember how long ago it was, but you guys released Mushroom Blading, and Carly actually bought I think it was two or three copies from her, uh, and she sent me Better Than Baseball as well, which I couldn't watch. But I mean, we have you know I've spoken to her before, so it's not like we don't know each other from you know from nowhere type thing. Yeah. Yeah. So at that time, I believe you were selling selling the DVD out of your car, or something. Uh, yeah. Well, things have progressed, you know, quite a lot from there, all because of the support that I've received from um, local people buying the stuff, and you know, people, you know, rather buying stuff locally, yeah, than importing it from international shops. So yeah, I started quite small. I started, you know, out of my car and. Yeah, generally progressed to get an online site, uh, you know, started advertising countrywide. And now I have like, I don't have a shop uh, as this is not my primary job and I don't, you know, want to do this as a living. It's really good to do do, do this as a side project. But now I got like a little shop in my room with like two displays up and yeah. So, I mean, it's been going for long, but yeah, it started small and it won't go much bigger than this. It's probably matured quite a long time ago but yeah i mean from then it's 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 grown quite a bit cool so you kind of sell stuff like out of your out of your apartment or house yeah i sell i sell out of my house but most of my sales are online you know not not that the people pay online you know they just inquire online and you know the rest of the business gets taken over emails and then the product gets sent out or they come and pick it up or on the odd occasion it gets delivered you know yeah so yeah. So are there a lot of rollbladers in South Africa? Okay, look, I'm not going to talk all the time, so I'm going to give this one to Neil. Okay, just so this is sure. more of a group discussion. We're done. Um, well, it's uh, it's it's hard to say. Like we're not on. Like from what I've known of, from what I've spoken to people overseas and everything, and from what you can see from videos and stuff, we're not on on any other country's list. Like in terms of numbers, we're a very small community. Um, it had its it had its time. It used to be when I started out, like a long time ago. It used to be quite big, and then um, I don't know. It's like trending. Like it kind of like slowed down around 2000, and then it started picking up like just after 2000, and now it's in a dip again. And so, but yeah, it's not. I wouldn't say it's like really big at all. Yeah. <laughs> to be quite honest, pretty small. Are there are there skate parks? Yes. Uh, well, we've got like it's not it's not something like none of our skate parks are are like X Games material like in terms of size or anything like that. But we have a few, but it's more it's more like designed for skateboarding 
um, like all the rails and everything are square or whatever. And uh, you kind of like adapt to it. But yeah, there's not like where we live in, in Gauteng is like a province in the northern country, uh, northern side of the country. So here's like quite a few because like the majority of the population are situated in this province. Um, but there's a few like in Cape Town and so, but nothing, nothing on like a big scale level, I would say. Right. Yeah. Is, is skateboarding very popular in South Africa? Yeah, it's, I would say, yeah, well, it's much more popular than, than rollerblading. Yeah, um, yeah. No, skateboarding, skateboarding is like the mainstream thing. Yeah. I mean, skateboarding is well on target, you know, in terms of, uh, participation and shops and, you know, uh, accessibility to products and videos and all that stuff. You know, they're well on on the level where they need to be. I wouldn't say, you know, in terms of skill, it's a world standard skill, but you know, in terms of accessibility to the public and exposure, you know, they are, you know, they're miles ahead. And I guess worldwide it's like that. So, you know, for them, things seem to be, be working out. Yeah, there's a couple of guys who skateboard who can actually afford not having another job or something like that in South Africa and they can just skateboard. Well, they're not super rich or anything like that, but they can skateboard like all the time. Whereas we, we all have to have other jobs and other sources of income. There's no way you're going to, you're going to do that just off road. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so tell us, tell us a bit about your scene there. I believe you guys have, have lots of public and concrete parks and you have quite a lot of friends to skate with from what I've seen in the videos and stuff. I remember, I think it was in high fee or one of those videos on the bonus, you guys had some competition. Um, yes, I can't remember what it was called, but it was in some concrete park and there was quite a lot of American guys that I remember uh, Corey Waikiki taking second place or something like that. Concha, I don't know what it's called. You're talking about a popularity contest. Okay. Which, uh, it's in a different park. Well, for a while it was at the same park. It, that, that park's in Kamloops. We refer to it as the greatest skate park in the world. It's actually in my in the town that I just moved back to, Kamloops. Okay. But really, there's only here in Kamloops, there's only a few guys that skate. Like it's pretty small. Um, in Vancouver, it's quite big. There's a lot of of people that skate in Vancouver. Um, okay. I remember when I was uh, at Bitter Cold in 2009. Uh, I met a Canadian skater there called David Marsh. Uh, I think he was from t Toronto or something. Uh, damn, but he was a nice guy to skate with. Eh? He was super chill to hang out with. And it's weird like how the Canadians, some of the Canadians have the French thing going, you know, with the accent and all that. I believe it's French. But that guy, you know, he, he, he had like a, he was like Canadian, I believe, but he had like a, his accent almost sounded British. You know, his French was coming through so much. Yeah. Isn't I that guess. like weird you guys, like, you know, speaking to certain people and you have different types of accents, but they're all Canadian or they live in the same country? Yeah, well, Canada is such a large landmass, right? Like, it's very, very big. So, yeah, you get a, a wide variety of accent. Like, if you go to the eastern Canada, like, if you listen to a, a, Newfoundland, a Newfoundland accent, it's very different than like a BC accent. Okay. Like a Newfie accent is a lot more. It's got more like this kind of tone. 
<laughs> like more like a, if you've seen Fargo, that kind of like, and then I don't know, and then you get more of some sound more British. Yeah, yeah, the British one is that guy sounded very British, but I mean he wasn't British. He wasn't even from British heritage, as far as I believe. Yeah, which is weird. <laughs> But that is interesting. You just like you you hear people talk around you, and then you imitate that, and that becomes how you talk. That becomes your voice. It's all yes. it's all just imitation, really. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. I want to just or you know how that sort of gets to you. Because when I was in America, like I could feel at the end, because I was there for quite long. I was there for 24 days or something. I could feel at the end, like I started to roll my R's a little bit more and stuff like that, you know, subconsciously, it just happened. Yeah, totally. And like you start, which is, what, what's weird also is you start using the words that they use, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you don't just speak like them, you, you know, you use the same way Slang. to explain something. Totally, yeah. <laughs> well, talk, it's, you're trying to communicate in a way that they understand, right? So naturally, we pick up on on those little things, and we try to tailor our speech to what we think they're gonna understand using their words or their tone of speaking. Yeah, you know, you know, the weirdest thing to me, um, like I don't know if you noticed in the beginning of this podcast, like you asked Neil how he was doing, and he responded by saying, "Good, thanks yourself." Okay, so it's plain and simple. He's asking you, "I'm good. How are you?" Okay. So when I was in America, like, the Americans have this tendency to say, how you doing, or, you know, how are you today, or something like that. They don't even say hello, it's just, how are you today, or how are you doing, or something like that, right? Yeah. So I would respond, you know, naturally from a South African type of perspective, and I would say, I'm, I'm doing good thanks uh, and yourself, or I would say good and you, and they just won't respond. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, dude, it was so weird, because... It, it repeatedly happened, like every time, like when you walk into like a store, because when I was there, I'll check out all the stores, you know, just for the whole for this experience, and they'll be, how you doing? And I'm like, good and you, and it's just silent, you know, and that's when I, when I gathered, like, they don't want you to say that, they want you to say, I'm good, how are you today, or something like that, like there's a specific uh, order of words that you need to use for them to understand you, you know, totally. if you had to use that, yeah, people would look at you, they'll probably respond, but they'll be like, what the hell is, you know, where does it come from type thing? Yeah. It's almost like, yeah, here it's like, you just say, Hey, how you doing? And it's sort of just like, hello. You're basically just saying hello. You're yeah. Not, yeah. It's like, you're not actually asking, how are you doing? You're not expecting an answer. You're just like, Hey, how, how you doing? Yeah, you see, for us, like if if someone had to ask you how you doing and you don't respond, they'll think you're ignoring them. Yeah, it's like a, a rude <laughs> thing. Yeah. So to me, that was like I was like, what the hell? You know, they're not understanding me or something. But eventually, I caught the drift. You know, that's not how they communicate. You know, and the secondly, like you just said, that's how they say hello. You know, they don't have any meaning. There's no volume in the in the phrase that they're using. You know, it's just like a slang habit type hi. You know. Exactly. Exactly. That's kind of bad. That's, yeah, that's kind of confusing. Oh, it's, it's like, what's up? When someone says, what's up? It's not like, it's not what really a up? question. It's just like saying hello. Yeah. Like, they don't really yeah. want to know what is up. They just are saying what's up. Yeah. <laughs> so, I believe you guys have a kid coming. 
Yes, we do. My wife is uh, three weeks away. That's great, man. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. So what is it, a boy or a girl? I think it's a girl. A girl? Yeah, a girl. I've been checking the Facebook. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's this picture. I think there's this picture. That, uh, what's her name? Carly, right? Yeah. Uh, there's this picture that she posted which is not uh, covered by a privacy setting, so you can have a look at it. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, shoot. What do you, ask us about South Africa. I want the world to know. Uh, well, what would you like the world to know? Do our South Africa, like, who's, like, the hot, hot ripper in South Africa? Who's really good? <laughs> um... That's all. Like, I, I would look. I, I want this to be a group interaction. Like, dude, I have verbal diarrhea. I'll kill you, man. But I want Neil to interact as well. So <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll like kind of chip in where where I, I see a gap or something. Um, I think like it's hard to say. Like everybody's got their own. You know, some people are good in certain areas, and some people are good in like we we all because we're such a small community. We're like a real close knit of friends. So it's really hard for me to say like this guy is better than this guy or anything like that. But we've got some a few guys who who really stand out, um, like all Chris. Like some of the Cape Town guys are really good. And then us, like I don't want to say us, but we also like we're pro nigger. <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, like. There used to be guys, I mean, look, roadbedding was big. Like, when I started, I started in, oh, I was 16. Uh, I think it was 2002. Like, dude, bedding was so big then. There were so many guys, like, you know, that were just killing it. But to me, like, the, the best guy I've seen skate, you know, hands down to me, was a guy called Steven Krieg. Or Steven Krieg, he doesn't skate anymore. But, yeah. like, I've been watching some edits that, that have been popping up here and there. And, yes, dude, that guy was – he was so good. Like, what, what I really liked about him was um, in his runs, skating competitions, like, he was very consistent. But his tricks were out of this world. You know, it's not like he does the same thing all the time, you know. And – like his street sections, like everything was so well balanced. You know, he was he had the, the he had control that you can't explain, dude. Yeah, like yeah. he'll do the longest rails, and you know he'll just hold it and he'll do it quickly, man. And I don't know, like his whole his whole his whole package to me was you know what it should be. I think uh, there was a guy called Clifford Fulun, which was way before my time. I don't know, so I can't comment on him. But to me, um, I would say Stephen. He probably took the prize for me. Yeah, um, but other than that, yeah, there's. I mean, there's some guys around that you know that are doing some good stuff. I think there's people that are limiting themselves quite a lot. Um, I think there's people that have way more skill than what they actually portray or what you see, you know. But uh, yeah, it's sad. I mean, Stephen. As far as I know, Stephen skates on occasion, even if he still does. Um, he's he's very very much into like fitness and. He was a personal trainer or fitness trainer or something like that. Like, he ran all these marathons and stuff. Uh, I haven't seen or heard from him in ages. But to me, he was he was quite... quite yeah, he was like the, like the package. Like, he had everything down. He was um, really good. But you get people... I mean, like, it depends on the situation. I mean, um, 
like if we have a street comp or something, people who normally don't do like hard tricks or anything in sessions will come out of nowhere and try like one huge big trick and you'd be like, yes, where did this guy come from? Um, but yeah, like overall, yeah, in my opinion, like a very consistent skater, um, like who's who's also kind of like the, the, the main package. Um, I would say Chris, like he's, he's quite like, I don't know if he still kills it um, at present, but he, he used to like also kind of do a few big stuff. Yeah, like Chris to me was, Chris was good, but Chris was go big, you know, like everything Chris did was... Yeah, it was always like, it was kind of like nerve-wracking going on a session with him because you'll try like the most insane stuff and nearly die. And <laughs> so it's not like, sometimes it's not fun to go skate with him because it's, it's like you get like a near heart attack. <laughs> yeah, some, no, I know what you're saying. <laughs> sometimes he will die, but yeah. <laughs> That's it. Like he, 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 he also did some pretty good. Well, his his tricks to me were, I would say, very close in terms of big and hammer to uh, Stephen. Maybe at times a little bit bigger, you know, like doing drop rails and stuff like that. Like, I mean, if, yeah, like super spins into massive rails and stuff. Crazy. <laughs> Which we can only do on video games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you guys, is there filming going on in South Africa? Do you guys make any videos? Um, we do, yeah. Like uh, Neil is quite active on on that type of stuff. Like he's also doing that as a career, like photography and all that stuff. I just recently bought a camera. I used to have one. I used to film a crap load, but I sort of lost interest, and I just recently got got a good deal. So I'm filming a bit as well. Um, there's actually quite a couple of people that have cameras, but. You know, some of them you just never see anything that that comes out or whatever they film. Yeah. Um, you see them film and you never see anything come out. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of that, there's no lack. Okay? Like, you know, we, there's people with some good camera stuff and some good ideas. And uh, I guess it doesn't matter how good your gear is or how much you film, but if you don't, or if if you don't attend a skate session, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, you need to be there to film and to edit and to get it out or something, you know. Yeah. But hey, like, it's like each man to himself. I mean, people can film whatever they want and use it for whatever they want. It's their footage. So, but yeah, we have, you know, to answer your question. Sorry, we have filming going on. Uh, we can we can actually send him like a few links. Yeah, we, yeah. We, I mean, yeah. we've got edits online and we've got DVDs that have been made with you know that it's that's been uploaded. I mean, Neil's made one. I've made one, um, and that's all. You know, it's all on the net, uh, so people can just watch it easily. You know, it's on Vimeo, YouTube, or whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, are you guys filming at all? Always. Yeah. Dude, are you still doing the mushroom blading thing, or are you back to conventional skating? Um, I, to be honest, I usually skate very conventionally. I'm not. <laughs> when I go skate, it's usually just very normal grinds and airs, and I pretty much skate just like everyone else. <laughs> with the occasional, with the occasional kind of creative thing. That's just what I choose to f to film is more of the creative stuff because if I was just to film myself doing grinds it's like I'm not as good as most 
other rollerbladers. So like, why would I film that stuff? You know. Okay, that's actually a yeah. That's a good point you're making. Cause sorry, I'm interrupting you. But um, you know, like a lot of the sessions that I, cause I I try and film quite a lot. But it's hard to like if everybody just does like, you know, back rails, back farvenugans. It's hard to produce a, an edit out of that that makes it look like. So you need somebody to like really do something hectic. Yeah. <laughs> In, I mean, yeah. That, that stuff's fun to do. I love to just go and do a soul grind and just a mizu and or I love to just royale quarter pipes. But it, I'm not yes. gonna go film that stuff. You know, I'll I'll choose to do something more interesting for yeah, for, for filming film. but that's usually not how i skate yeah. my skating is usually pretty dull it's just like what you would normally see i mean it's not dull but it's it's just skating dude when, when i popped that mushroom blading in for the first time i was like uh oh, this is gonna be you know quite a cool video you know conventional skating so i started watching it and i start, i watched you do all these weird stuff so at first i was like dude this is terrible i don't even want to watch this okay <laughs> I, sw I swear dude like about 20 minutes in I, I couldn't remove myself like some of the stuff you did like the i don't even know what you call it with your hands and your feet that was incredible man really i'm not just saying that because i'm talking to you really i was impressed by like the abstract uh, like thinking that the, like the abstract method that you applied it and how you know your thought process really that was and I haven't watched that movie in ages but when I did watch it I was like damn man like it doesn't matter how dull or however it looks to some people but if you sit down and actually analyze what's happening and you know the hand turning and the shuffling of this it's like a combination of like three or four things that that's one trick and that's impressive man so i wouldn't call that dull or anything you know that was yeah. that was well well worthy of a dvd and i also like the section where you guys uh i think there's one guy that does a true top porn and you guys said best best trick in the video and there was a section where there's like editing happening and you said best editing in the video but that to me was quite funny it's like you guys are saying we don't give a crap you know we you know this is what we do and we love it <laughs> yeah, so actually, I downloaded it. Um, I don't know how you pronounce it. Like, um, it's an old video you guys made. Cirque du Soleil. Yeah, Cirque du Soleil. Cirque du Soleil. Yeah, um, I downloaded it the other night, and I I didn't have a lot of time to like watch the whole movie, so I just kind of like scrubbed through it. Um, but it was cool to 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 watch, like like the fun you guys put in into it. And that's that's one thing, in my personal opinion, that I I feel a lot of um, rollerblading cinematographers lack, like from the old school videos. Like if you watch hoax, all the hoaxes and stuff, they had like fun parts in between the skating. It's not just you know trick after trick. They they show a lifestyle. Yeah. Um, you know, we are rollerbladers and we go and we hang out and we're friends and they've got like this lifestyle that they portray, which is cool to me. And I, I kind of picked it up from from your video as well. And I feel like a lot of, um, I don't know, like pro edits or pro videos, like if you watch, I'm just going to like say an example. If you watch Game Theory, there's like little, little like interaction. You, you, you just see the guy doing tricks, but you don't, you don't get to like um, know the person or whatever. Yeah. And those, that's the type and of thing. I, I, I see it start to pick up. That's appealing to to outsiders, you know. Um, exactly. In my opinion, yeah. Yeah, um, I think we have I to see, make. Like, 
like like there's that one guy from Denmark, um, uh, Jonas Hansen or something is his name, and uh, he made that treatment video. And like the new Valo or Valo 4 video, they, they're kind of going into that direction, you know, like they show like the, them touring and their lifestyle and what, what they do and interactions and stuff. And I, I kind of like that because I get tired of just watching people doing like 720 hurricane topsoil kind grinds and stuff down rails. You want to see something <coughs> more, in my opinion. Yeah. So, if, if I can just add to that, like... <clears throat> Uh, to me, in terms of skating, like, I'm, I'm all for, you know, the traditional method of skating, you know, like, um, <clears throat> down ledges, down rails, <clears throat> sorry, like hammers and gaps, you know, all the stuff that, you know, you saw in the videos, like KFC3, stuff like that. Like, that to me, that is what I see as relevant. But what, he, what he's saying is something I've been, you know, wanting to see quite a long time is you actually want to see what those people do, you know, behind skating, you know. Um, you know, from their everyday lives to, you know, how they approach rollerblading. Like these raw clips that are popping up on uh, on roller news. That's yeah. awesome. You know, that's what I want to see because it it gives you a, a lot more appreciation for the trick, you know. Yeah, um, Like which one did I see that was quite cool? Like that one where um, Brian Aragon does that gap, that 540. Yeah. Like what yeah. you see in the video, you see, you see the 540. Now you get the whole picture of they were busted and you tried the 180. You know, that's like, wow. You know, now it's, it's way more, you know, it's way more appealing in, in many factors. And, uh, but yeah, like I've been seeing and, you know, nothing against any of these people as they're professional at what they do. But <clears throat> like, especially the farmers, brass cows, like they're doing all the, all the hill rolls and stuff like that. You know, that's great. You know, I, I mean, it's. I think it's more difficult to comprehend what they're doing than it is if you compare that to, like, um, you know, the traditional form of skating with down rails and stuff. But to me, that, that's not really for me. You know, I prefer the, you know, the normal stuff, which I get. I guess gets boring to some people, you know, after a while. That's why they, you know, they explore new ventures and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, it's just whatever, whatever... I always say you have to you have to make skating fun for yourself. You have to f do, just do what what you're gonna have the most fun doing. Whether it's so for some people it's hopping on rails, and for other people it's doing heel rolls and set slides. Like whatever turns your crank, you have to figure that out on your own. There's no right answer. It's not like it's not like you're boring if you just go do rails. Like there's nothing boring about rails. It's it's exciting. It's fun. That's what you yeah. like to do. Totally, like, and I mean, people, you know, they adapt over time, and their interests fluctuate, and you know, their perspectives change. So, I guess there's, you know, in terms of skating, so that you know, that evolves a different type of rollerblading, you know, that they like to practically apply, if I can call it that. Yeah, it's funny because we were talking about. Um, accents and about how we kind of imitate what we see and rollerbladers really do that to a huge extent we we imitate what we see in videos and uh, we we tend to skate the way that we see other people skate in videos typically so that's why it's so important to make videos like mushroom blading or videos that are very just a, a new style of skating because then suddenly it becomes like, oh, you can do that too. And it suddenly becomes something that people can do when they're skating and something else for them to imitate. So the more things there are for people to imitate, 
then it just opens all these doors and you open these doors and it it can help evolve even rail skating because someone sees like a hand plant or like something something new and then they can apply that to to handrail skating so i think just in general we just need to branch out as much as we possibly can into all of these different avenues that we haven't even thought about yet but and document it and make it videos so that people will imitate it yeah yes yeah, yeah. yeah. i've been liking um but the, i don't know how you pronounce the surname that matthew Lado, Lado, uh, like like his type of skating like it's not something like a, I, I would skate but i i love the fact that he's he's trying like to implement new new things like new moves and stuff and he's got a quite a unique style um and that's cool to me like we were actually talking about it just before we started um with the conversation uh you and i it's i've got like a weird um like i appreciate like weird people like people that that have a very unique style even if it's not like the coolest style but if it's unique then i i, I kind of like it um totally. yeah. yeah so so tell me who is your is Who's skating you're really digging? Like, who's your favorite skater, if I can call it that? Um, that's a good question. That's a really good question. Dude, I, like, asked myself, I asked myself all these questions that you would possibly ask us just so I can rehearse it, <laughs> so I can know what to answer you. Now I'm, now I'm asking you these questions. <laughs> I've always really liked Shima's skating. Um... I guess I guess there's I could I could answer it better like certain sections I really like like I really liked Paul John's section that he came out with the in his Inri section um, something about that I like his movies yeah he's a really good editor yes how about you guys what who who do you guys really like um, well. I get, well, yes, dude. I've I've had so many over the time. Like, how you know how my skating and interest and stuff has changed. But at the moment, I'm really digging uh, Corey Waikiki. Like, the dude is crazy tech, and I don't know everything he does is great. I haven't seen him do a lot of gaps, but he's rail skating like that. You know, essentially to me, that that's what I like the most about rollerblading is rail skating, and his rail skating is off the hook, man. I really like him and Ian McLeod, obviously. Yeah. Who doesn't like Ian McLeod, dude? Yeah. Super underrated guy, but yes, he is ridiculous, man. Yeah. And then lastly, I would say I'm big. I really, I really uh, liked uh, Jack Dotson, but uh, for some reason, I haven't seen anything from him in a long time. Uh, I was actually very lucky to see him skate at Pitacold 09. And yes, dude, it was like I don't know. He's, he just looks like a rollerblader, you know. Like even before he start, he starts putting his skates on, he just looks like he's gonna kill, you know. <laughs> so yeah, those are my top three. But I would say like Corey to me, you know, it's really cool that he's on the pro team now. I'm looking forward to seeing more things from him. Cool. <laughs> okay, now it's Neil. Um, yes, that's that. That's really like a hard question. It's it's kind of like there's so many people. Who are like really <laughs> ridiculously good, but in my opinion, like skaters, I've I've grown to like every time I see an edit of them, I I just like it is hands down Robert uh, Carrero, like 
just the way he skates. I I love it. Um, yeah, as as you guys said, Ian McLeod is also. Um, I really like Nick Lomax from from the UK. I like his style. Like he's got a like he's a tallish kind of skater. Like he's I can see from from what I can see from the edits, he's quite tall, but he he packs a few cool tricks. And then um, Sean Calso, I'm a big fan. He's of, always loved him. Yeah, I don't know what it is. That guy just <laughs> he's like <laughs> I know he's like he's a very technical skater, but Sean Kelso like, is so sick. Yeah. I, but his skating has also changed, like from the denial days up to now. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I, I don't know. I like uh, Michael Broad, and I, I think that's how you pronounce his surname, right? Michael Broad, like I think it, Gumby. I think it's Bro. Maybe it's Bro, bro yeah. Uh, bro. <laughs> bro. I'm not sure. Hey, Michael Bro. Michael Bro. <laughs> He's crazy, like the stuff like he's done over the years. Very Dude, unpredictable. like before yes. we were talking to you, like I showed Neil this clip uh, in the denial video two weeks too late. Like he tries a faking front flip <laughs> off like uh, a flat part of a quarter pipe into a quarter pipe, but landing on the flat, and he just doesn't get the spin. And he falls like directly on his back. On his back, fakey like. front flip, dude. <laughs> Just picture that quick. Wow. You know, it's like who does that? That is crazy, man. Like we were laughing so much, you know. Fakey, not... fakey front flip. Fakey front flip. Yeah. Yeah. So he's going quarter... backwards and he does a front flip. Yeah. What? Where? What is this at it? Uh, no, you okay. can you can you can find it on Rolling News. The full video is there. It's actually in the beginning of the video. It's like in a skate park. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he he tries a fakey front flip on a concrete platform into a quarter pipe, but he doesn't plan on landing into the transition. He try, he plans on landing into the on the flat, you know. Yeah. But he doesn't make the spin. He doesn't make the complete spin. Wow. <laughs> so he just, he falls like on his ass and on his back. Like that's what I've seen from that guy. Like he, he takes the hardest slams. Eh? Like even Black Market and Valo, the first Valo video, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yes. dude, that was crazy. The bells he took, man. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, man, I have to find this clip. Uh, go, go search, uh, go on Rolling News and just search for two weeks too late. Denial, two weeks too late. You'll denial, find it there. Denial, two weeks too late. Yeah, denial, two weeks too late. It's like a fifth or twenty-five minute video. Yeah. I haven't. I don't think I've finished it. It's like a comp to a type of video that they made. It's quite cool. But the first section is in uh, uh, is in a skate park with some skate, you know, some skate comp. Like it starts off with Montreal and John Bellino skating and then they just show this random clip of Michael Bro or Bra just <laughs> trying to fake in front of me. But he's a weird dude. Like I've been, I don't know, on Facebook, like I see his, his like posts in my news feed. He like, he's very political and has like all these theories and... Oh, very, yeah. Like sure. I, I saw one in my news feed last night from him like about how 500 women were sexually abused in the US Navy or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> but, dude. <laughs> Some of them are interesting and it, like, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think, it's weird. I think he's, from what I gather, he's really smart, like he's really academic. I think he's in yes. school and he's... I don't know. He's he's a he's a student. I have to talk to him. Yes, dude. When you talk to him, ask him about that uh, that 180 fast slide he does at the end of Assassins in his section. Oh. Holy crap, dude! I've never in my life seen something like that. I don't know if you if you know what we're talking about. 180 fast slide. 
in her sessions. Yeah, it does a it does a fakey 180 fast slide. But dude, this rail in the yeah, last streak. That that rail is about 10 meters, I would say. He fast slides it like dude, but he guns it, eh? Like this, and they show how he falls as well. Like he falls forward, and then he just gets up and goes and does it again. It's crazy. It's 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 really one of the craziest things I've seen. You know these fast slides, but he like yes, he just he just hacks himself and goes for it, eh? Whoa, crazy Whoa. stuff, yeah. Some of the <laughs> shit that people do is amazing. <laughs> it's so amazing. Like, like I was I was checking on BMAG last night. They have this uh, topic called blading gifts. You know, where it's like in a video clip of you know you know what a gif is. And I saw that clip again. Actually, this is the second time I've seen Brasco do it, where he does the uh, fast slide. You know, through a double king rail. Yeah, how do you do that? A, a double king. The first one he did was in uh, KFC three. And then I think this is, yes, I'm not sure what video it is. It might be Road to Nowhere or, you know, one of those rock and roll videos. But he's, he's scanning roses with, you know, the long hair and the tight clothes and everything. And he, like, just does it, dude. Like, it's in a GIF. It's ridiculous. Wow. I don't know. I never, like, I never understood fast life. Some people figure it out and they can, they can just balance it. Yeah. Like Demetrius George in the uh, WRS upload. Yeah, like how do you do that? Like, uh, it like I can't figure it out with my brain. Like how you do that? Yeah. Or putt slides. Or putt slides. Yeah. People just figure out these weird things. My friend Dust. You guys know Dustin Werbeski? Yes. Yes. He's also a former, isn't he? Sorry. I think. He's also a, a former and editor. Yeah. What's his, what's his last name? Werbeski. Oh, with it starts with a W. Yeah. Okay, it's something else. Yeah, I've heard of his name. He's quite good. Didn't he skate with Richie Eisler and people like that? Yeah, he grew up with Richie in Regina, and now I think okay. he he travels around with Richie. But he's really okay. good at fast slides. Like he can just hold yeah. them and balance them. He's got like an edit now. End of last year, I think we did like a long. On fast light in, in Barcelona, I think. Yeah. We like, is that? Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Super good. <laughs> uh, there's something I wanted to ask you now. Uh, oh yeah. Um, dude, that podcast you did with Angie Walton. Yes, man. I listened. I listened to that whole thing. That was amazing. Like, and I read a statement as well. Where last night actually, I read. I you know I read a reply on whatever she said. Um, where she said that you did the pod, the podcast. That was so informative. Eh? Like, Daily Bread was a little bit before my time, you know. I think it seized and it wasn't really accessible yet anymore, but it's quite it's quite interesting what's happening there. What, what are your thoughts on that, if you don't mind elaborating? Well, that, <clears throat> that, pod, that podcast was the biggest podcast that we've done, like, in uh, for downloads and stuff. That one was really huge. But... Uh, uh, yeah, talking to her was amazing. And hearing you, you really didn't say that. much, eh? No, I didn't need to. <laughs> it, it really seemed like she, you know, she lived these things, and it was a very intense experience for her. So you could tell it was it was all just at the tip of her brain. It all just came out of her really quickly. And you're right, I didn't I didn't really need to say much. I just let her tell her story. 
And yeah. women have the gift of gab, so they'll just go on and on if you let them. So, <laughs> so I just let her. I just let her rock and roll. And yeah, that was that was fascinating. And <laughs> you let her rock and roll. Yeah, like it was. Um, it was. It's it's true what you say. It was like at the tip of her brain because I was I was quite surprised at how much information she gave how long the story was and how well the detail was uh, was explained, you know, like everything. Like, dude, I was drawing this picture in my head all the time as I went through, and it was just easy to put new pieces onto it, you know, like yeah. uh, uh, regarding the method that she explained it. Yeah, because she was, at, she was basically yeah, like, at the center of the industry <laughs> for all of those years, yeah. and, and she... It, for the Daily Bread years, like the industry really revolved around that magazine, like that was the center of rollerblading, and she was like the queen bee of rollerblading for all those years. So she had the inside scoop on all of that shit. It was pretty amazing to hear that story. Uh, yeah, well, she. I mean, if you go check the mag now, it says that you know she might uh, she might come back. Um, do you think that's possible? I mean, I don't know. Uh, is there room for two magazines? You know, is she willing to put her time and money back into that again? Well, personally, I just I think magazines. I just can't I can't see a, a rollerblading magazine working. I can see it in skateboarding because their numbers are a lot bigger and there's more people that'll that'll possibly buy a magazine. But magazines in general, like the sales, are just so down. Yeah. To me, it doesn't really make sense to me. I would rather do like online media or or something like that. Um, but I, I would love it if Angie got involved because she's got so much experience behind her and it would be great to have that female perspective back in, in rollerblading. As for a magazine, I don't know if that would work, but if she started a website or if she started anything, I would be happy about that because she's really smart and she brings a lot of experience into it. So when you take your morning shit, what do you read? I don't read. No, you're quick like me. I'm quick, yeah. Okay, Neil, Neil over here takes about 15 minutes. Dude, you should go into this guy's toilet at his house. He's like stacks of rollerblading magazines, man. Oh. Things I've never seen in my life. Like, sometimes I'll just stay away longer just to go through them because I've never seen them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not I'm like one of those a... dudes. If you go into my bathroom, I don't, I don't keep like books and magazines in the bathroom. That's, that's sacred time. That's just me and my. <laughs> it's your time. Yeah, that's my special time. You should take an iPad with, man. You'll get way more out of that. We're talking to you on one, by the way, now, like, my computer screen is not working and my webcam and my microphone was built into it. That's all right. <clears throat> so you can't see me? So, no, we can see you. Oh, we can see you. So I want to ask you, um, around the world, there's this cliche saying that people think there's lions and stuff running around in the streets of South Africa. What, what do you think? Do you think it's like that, or what? What do you think? Oh, what's your thoughts on, on because South Africa? Because, dude, to us, it's like mind-boggling for people to think that. I don't know where they come across that. It's like South Africa is in the news at least once a week with all kinds of stuff. Don't people see the picture, or, or <laughs> have they already made their minds up? Well, personally, I've 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 met 
a, a couple people from South Africa. So I've gathered a little bit about what life is like in South Africa. From what I've gathered, it's really, there's a lot of uh, crime and it's yes. really violent. Uh, uh, that's true. That's true. To a certain extent. Okay. Don't, because what people do is they hear that, which is true. That's true. But it doesn't mean you're going to get murdered around the corner. Yeah. Okay, you really yeah. have to, well, not, I wouldn't say you really have to go looking for it. It will come to you if you're at the right place at the right time. But it's not like we're going to get killed sitting here or robbed sitting here in my house, you know, talking to you type thing, you know. Yeah, you have to, like you kind of, I spoke to a guy from England the other day and we were talking about it. You, you kind of like learn to look out for certain elements in the neighborhood and also like you're just precautious like all the time. Yeah. So you kind of like grow accustomed, you know, which areas you shouldn't go in. Like personally, like I wouldn't go, go into town, like into our like CBD or so now at all. Like I wouldn't do it. <laughs> but if, if we're like a group of rollerbladers and we go in there on the, like a Saturday or something during the day, chances are nothing's going to happen to us. You know, you know, you never know, like you never know. Yeah. But you kind of like learn how to adapt and so yeah totally what, what other image do you have of, of south africa um is, is it really i've heard that it's really like racist like like um there's like gangs of i picture like gangs of black men just like attacking white white dudes and stuff I don't know. That's what someone. That's what a guy from South Africa told me. But he was kind of full of shit. So I don't know if I can believe everything that he said. But he said that that he said he was stabbed by a black dude, and he said that like there's a lot of gangs and racism towards white people. Is there any truth to that? Well, in terms of racism, yeah, like racism, you know, started the yeah, '94 you know, when the whole apartheid thing fell away, which I didn't agree with apartheid, but I mean, if you look at the country now and you compare it to what it was then, you know, do the math. It's it's terrible. You know, there's crime has shut up 100 percent. You know, the economy's down. There's no jobs. Um, and so it just what, gets worse. So yeah. what's happening is the white people are blaming the blacks for for what they're doing to the country. You know, because they have access to this and this and this. But it's it's very complex. I would say yeah. because I have black friends. Okay, and. Being being a bad South African, if I can call it that, is a mentality and it's a mindset. Okay, um, you don't because they don't like most of them don't care. You know, you go into town now, it's it's horrible, dude. It's messy. There's rubble. You can just see this is not, you know, this is this is. It looks like a rural a rural area. You know, and who lives there? You know, what what race lives there? Okay, then you look at the the neighborhoods like that 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 we in now. There's black people living here as well and white people. Okay. But there's nothing yet to be concerned of in terms of that, okay? So I might have taken it a bit too far there, but that's the truth, okay? Um, in terms of murders and stuff like yeah, murder one, and crime. One thing, I, if I may just add, there's like this this huge conspiracy like on the farms because um, South Africa is predominantly farm, a farming country. Um, there's like a huge amount of space open. Oh. And a lot of the, the farmers are, are white people. So, and they, they're very, very, like... I would um, say all of them. Yeah. I mean, I, they have black workers, but the farmers are, are white. And they've got... They're, they're very, like, far from any uh, towns or any, 
anything like that, very remote locations. And like for the last couple of years, um, murders, like horrible, brutal murders have been taking place in on like farms and stuff. So there's this whole conspiracy, like it's like a like an ethnic cleansing type of genocide thing running. And it's still going, it's increasing. Eh? Yeah, like only this year, there's been already like three or four farm attacks that I've that I know of, that I've read in newspapers and stuff. That's if it gets like published. published. And uh, it's not like it's not like a murder where they where they like strangle the guy. It's like they stab him seventeen times and they cut this off. You know, it's 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 it's, really, it's, 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 it's a message. Hard. It's a message, dude. It's like, you know, this is what we're here for. You know, we're not yeah. here we're not here to murder you and steal your stuff. We're here to kill you and brutally, you know, I show you, you yeah, yeah. torture you taught that's the what I was looking for. They get tortured. You know, they don't walk in there and knock the guy out and slit his throat. You know, they'll torture him for, you know, a long time and then they'll slowly kill him, you know. So that is a big problem. I mean, yeah. and the biggest problem is that there's nothing being done about it, you know. Yeah, it's like as if, because I'm, I'm very, like, clued up in terms of, um, like, people who, who try to do something about it. So I read, I, I read up quite a lot and it's it's as if, like the police, they like they don't want to classify it as a as a as a certain type of crime. They just want to like say it's crime in general, but it's a specific crime. I mean, those people are. The, and the really sad part of all of it is that they they produce our food. They're the guys who 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 gives us food, and now you go and and kill them. It takes like somebody mentioned. It takes like 50 years once a farmer uh, is murdered. It takes like 50 years for that farm to get back on track and you know produce the amount of food it used to do. So yeah. I mean, it has like super bad con consequences. Dude, it comes down to like, and I saw this when I was in the states as well. It comes down to there's no there's no enforcement of the law. Okay, there's none. There's no you know you can get away with with just about anything. Like I remember, I was—I'll um, never forget this day. I was staying with a guy called Sean uh, Sean Quinn. They call him SP in Detroit. And we were walking, <clears throat> we were walking in the street uh, towards a street spot where we were going to skate street. And he was eating a banana. Okay, so he finishes the banana. He takes the peel and he throws it to the side of the road. And a cop pulls up, and the cops like pick it up. You know, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And what can he do? He needs to pick it up, you know. So that that to me is the way it should be. But we don't have that, not even to the slightest extent, you know. And that is where the problem lies. There's nothing. There's nobody watching over your shoulder. There's no consequences. You know, you'll just walk out with it. And that is why, you know, people then start applying, hey, you know, but if we can get away with this, we can get away with, you know, the next time we can get away with way more than this. And, it, you know, exponentially just increases. You know, so then it, it leads up to a point where it's so bad that, you know, everything just falls apart. So why, why is that? Like, the police just don't, they don't have authority or what, they don't care? What, why, why is it like that? Dude, that's a difficult, yeah. that's a difficult, like, question. I guess, I guess the wrong people are calling the shots, number one, and the wrong people are at the top. Now, I'm going to ask the question again. Pre-94, we didn't have this. Why? Why didn't we have this when the the when a different government took over? When the black government took took over, why did this start happening? Okay, I think it's a combination of pride and I don't know. It's like yeah, it's just basic human pride. Like if 
I feel if you do your job, like do it to the best that you can. And I'm sure there are police guys at present who, who do take their job seriously and stuff, but there's like a big number that just don't, they just wanted to receive their salary at the end of the day. They don't really care. I mean, dude, there was this, there was this, it's good that we're talking about this. There was this photo floating around on Facebook that someone took uh, in a police office where three of them were lying on their arms on the table sleeping. You know, that, that's, yeah, that's the cops, you know, that's, that's our law enforcement. And that's what I'm saying. First of all, the wrong people are calling the shots. Yeah. Okay. And the wrong people at the top. How can you allow that to happen? How can, how can you, how can you uh, associate, you know, yourself with that and feel secure and feel, you know, hey, this is good. You know, this is what we need. I mean, dude, now, um, luckily I haven't been in a position to, you know, that this has happened to me, but I've heard of people where, you know, they have like a burglary, uh, you know, a robbery at the house or some, someone burgles in and they phone the cops and the cops just don't come. No, they just don't pitch up. You know, it's not worthy of, you know, of their time. Like, I've heard now, it doesn't matter when you need the cops. When you phone them, you say there's someone's killing someone else. And then they, you know, then they'll be like, oh, okay, you know, maybe we should respond to that. But if you call for a general robbery or, you know, something like that, it's non-existent to them, dude. That is not a priority. And how, like I said, how can you put your confidence in something like that, you know, if you had to be in a position where you need that, you know, that to support you or save your life even, you know, and you can't, you know. So that, that, that's like, yo, dude, there's, there's lots of problems here, you know. But I, I think <clears throat> I think it's the picture the people are, 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 you know, drawing for themselves is I think it's it's not entirely what it is, you know. Yeah. But it's not it's not like moonshine and roses type thing. Yeah, it is bad. Yeah, but on a day to day basis, like you guys, you guys live up. You, are you guys happy? You guys have fun? Yeah, I, I guess it's it's like I said. You get you get used to it. Like, um, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say two things. Like the like end of last year, my mom and I went to on holiday to a very like to to a town close close to the sea and it's very like there's hardly anybody there and for the first time in years I just felt like this enormous weight off my shoulders of not worrying about my safety or my mom's safety like that um but I, so that's when I really like noticed how much I'm conscious about my safety and security and you're always aware of, about your surrounding who's around you who's watching your house but in 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 and another, like another point is, you get so used to it, and you start you start looking you start looking out for for other stuff. You get you get used to it, so you you appreciate stuff more. You try not to think about it too much because if you just think about that the whole time, you'll you'll you'll, you'll go mad. <laughs> like like exactly. if, if sorry, I need to burp. <laughs> <laughs> I just ate. Um, if I can give you my opinion, like, like Neil is way more, you know, focused on stuff like that. Like I'm not really, and I guess it will catch up to me sometime. But um, I mean, I go street skating with like a girl or two girls in town, you know. So I don't. I'm not really bothered. That really doesn't bother me. What I do focus on a lot is, especially when I'm in my car, because um, <clears throat> I usually have my iPad there and. I have bags that have like important stuff in my wallet and stuff. So that's that's the you know the I would say the part where I'm the most conscious, especially I've heard, when you. I've heard that carjackings are really common. 
Yes. It is common, but I haven't I haven't heard like it being excessive. Like there was a stage where yes, dude, or or I'm just not you know enlightened by what's happened, but. At the moment, it's, it seems to have stabilized. Or yeah, it's, 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 it's gone not, down a little bit. It's, I haven't really heard of it. Usually, you'll hear of it, like, constantly. And they won't just jack the car. They'll kill the driver as well, you know. Or they'll kidnap you and, like, drop you off somewhere. <laughs> Dude, uh, like, yeah. Who are they? Just, like, just street thugs? Or is there a certain, like... There's, like, syndicates. Because, see, the thing is, like... Like where we live, it's crime syndicates. Um, we live, as I say, in like the northern part of the country, and there's like the whole of Africa is right above us. Yeah. So you get more carjackings and car robberies here than say in Cape Town or so because we're close to the borders. So it's 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 very like syndicate orientated. Like, and I think it's also like the 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 huge amount of unemployment. I mean, if you're a guy you don't have food to eat and another guy comes to you and tells you listen I'll give you 20,000 rand or how much if you can just jack me a car um, yeah. I, you know, who, who wouldn't do it <laughs> I mean it's either that or you're going to starve to death Yeah. so <laughs> that's why that's why it's also that's also a contributing factor like did they had this thing uh, that they did um, usually when there's when there's like uh, when 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 some sort of crime picks up, you know, they usually send out an email or something. The cops send it out, but don't ask how, but it gets to you. Okay, you'll get the message. And this one I got that really like gave me shivers is what they do is um, they have this little bottle with them or like a um, what's a inspector thing? Um, like like an injection. Like a you know, just the just the plastic part. Like they'll have like an injection, but yeah. not with the needle just the plastic part and they'll have like pool acid in there so if you drive and your window is slightly open because it's really hot and not everybody has air conditioning they'll come up to you and they'll squirt that in your eyes okay and they'll pull you out of the car and they'll take the car like that to me dude if they do that you'll be lucky if you can see you know 100% again you know so yeah that's you know it's, it gets like it gets brutal man you know it's not about they're really trying to get the message across Wow, but it's, but it, it's it's as I, as I mentioned, you get you get you're like always aware of it, so you you won't go up to like a traffic traffic lights and just stop <laughs> at the at the robot or at the traffic light. You'll just you'll you'll like kind of like just drive slowly and check what's around you and like you're conscious, you're conscious yeah. of it all the time. You know you're aware, you 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 know you're cautious. You keep your eyes open, you yeah. know, especially at night, like. Uh, you know, when you drive, like when you went out or you're driving late at night and you get to a traffic light and it's red and it's all dark and whatever, like, dude, I just skip the light, man. I just go, you know, I don't yeah. stop. You just drive slow, check, check, and then yeah. go. There's no traffic, just run the light. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not stopping for, you know, to see what's going on. <laughs> and most of the time, like, like when, when, when you come off the freeway or the highway, as we call it, and you take an off-ramp, you know, to, like, a street that leads to your house, like, there won't be lights, dude. Like, you'll have the, the street lights, and that's it. You know, that's what you can see. So now you need to scan all your mirrors to see what's happening, and sometimes you can't because it's pitch black, you know. And you've got these traffic lights right in your face, which are kind of blinding as well, you know. So now I just go, man. <laughs> 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 it's very interesting to hear about, about hear about this. Yeah, that's crazy. No, I, I I consider myself to be really spoiled because 
I live in a very, very safe city. Like I wouldn't say you're spoiled, eh? In my honest opinion, that's that's how how it should be. Yeah, that's yeah. life. That's how it should be. Like what we have is abnormal. <laughs> like, dude, if if I if I ever do and if I I get the chance to go somewhere else and do my job there, you know, do what I want to do and. I'll go, man. Like, I need to marry an American or something because I want to go live in the States, dude. I love it so much. Yeah. <laughs> so any chicks up there, well, right? no? <laughs> well, we can hook you up. What about, what about Canada? Do you guys ever think about coming to Canada? A lot of guys, um, I know a lot of South Africans, um, if they, it's either, like, it's three countries. It's either New Zealand, Australia, or Canada. And in they, they normally go to Vancouver, if they choose uh, Canada, I, I would dig it. Dude, go. I would love. I would go. I would love like, to live in Canada. It's like an upgraded USA. Yeah. Like really, I'm obsessed, man. Like I like I like it so much there. Like I'll give my balls to live there, dude. Really, it's so cool. Like everything is. Like you guys really, you know, you guys are sport. Like besides the safety part, you know, like just the way you the, the, the way you guys live like everything is accessible everything is relatively cheap you know that's the way it should be like you said it's everything works like yo the system like everything is just how it should be like and i've been to the states twice now and every time or both times it's it's an experience like you know for us to go there it's like you're going to disney world and you're a little kid you know that's what it's like for us you see everything that you wow. uh, you know never get to see and what you see on TV, you know, it's it's real. It's it's right there. And I don't need to go to California to see all that stuff. You know, it's like right there. So yeah. So if you do have a job for us, we'll go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I need to work at Air Canada, please. <laughs> well, yeah. There's yeah. There's a lot of lots of jobs. Like you could, you could do it. I mean. Dude, I'm I'm into aviation and I fly airplanes and I've been nice. I've been looking for like last year I was I was looking for work like all over. Um, I found sorry, quite so a couple. You're a pilot. <clears throat> yes. <clears throat> sorry. Um, <laughs> I found like a lot of places in Canada that's very very applicable to my experience and all that. But you know you need like you need the right to live and work there, which I'm not gonna. You know, there's no way in hell I'm getting that. No. Yeah, like the process from what I've gathered to to move to another country, you especially from South Africa, you have to you have to first have a job already, a job offer or a recommendation or something like that. And that company who wants to employ you, they should like do the application for you, if that makes sense. Because if you try to do it from here on your own, it's it's really hard to do it. Or you can just get a woman and get citizenship. So get me one. Yeah. 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 I'm sure you can. Just online. <laughs> start, start, like, just take some nice photos of your junk and put them on oh my uh, junk. Some, some internet. Yeah. Or if... Or just get, just go online and find like a really nice cock and and post it as yours, and then say this is my cock, and then the girls will be like, yeah, all right. My Come junk, on. but what, but what about my trunk? Your trunk. <laughs> junk in the trunk. Oh yeah, no, dude. Like I would love to come over, man. Really, I would love to work there or live there. Uh, really, like every time, like I said, every time I've been there, it's been a ball. Eh? Yes, I would, I would give anything. That's that. Uh, I've got a question though. Like, how's the, 
Like, I know Canada is, is really cold. Uh, in the winter. Yeah, yeah. We, we experience, uh, it's very hot in the summer and very cold in the winter. Uh, yeah. And, so that would take uh, some getting used to. Like, right now, it's freezing cold where I am. It's like minus 8 Celsius. It's really cold. Covered in snow. Dude, look, when I was... When I was there, I was there. I was in Detroit, and I was there from the 14th of Feb to like the 8th of March or something. So I was there like in the hot of winter, or not in the hot, but I mean it was snowing and stuff. Yeah, I experienced quite. I experienced similar temperatures, like minus 10. Um, I think the most I had was minus 13. And I got to tell you, and <clears throat> I really hope it's not just me, but compared to our winters, like the temperature, like what you feel when you walk outside was very, very similar. Like, I, I, I didn't die in terms of, you know, what I felt outside. The snow took a little bit of getting used to, but, you know, we don't have snow yet, but it's it's also pretty damn cold, man. Like, really? you know, we'll, I mean, we had snow last year. Sorry, we had snow last year. Yeah, you it's know, like the first time in 20 years. But, I mean, wow. not like piles of snow. We had snow that oh, maybe a couple of inches, and that was a one-sort thing, you know. But in terms of temperature, the temperatures were, I guess it was colder. I'm probably saying this as well, you know, that I didn't feel much of a difference because I, could, I didn't have, you know, two rooms that I can walk out and, you know, compare the two temperatures. But the snow was the only thing that was different. What's, what is the major factor that was pissing me off that side was the wetness of the snow. You know, your shoes are soaked in everything. I thought, you know, I thought the snow was just going to blow off and fall off. But my, you know, the bottom of my pants were covered in water and my shoes and my socks that you know that irritated the crap out of me but yeah in terms of temperature you know our winters are also pretty damn cold man yeah well if you go to vancouver vancouver it just rains constantly it's a little bit warmer but it's just constantly raining all winter does it snow a little bit not as much not as much on the coast but it's great so <laughs> So do you just skate indoors? Um, you'll get you'll get the occasional day where it's dry. Okay. But here, yeah, we only skate indoor during the winter. There's yeah. no way you can. Well, unless you want to go skate in the snow, you can't really skate outside now. Um, well, our coastal uh, regions like Cape Town, Port Elizabeth, stuff like you know places like that, they also get all their rain in winter. It's weird, like, uh, we get our rain in summer, but we get, like, thunderstorms, you know, very occluded, and that's it, you know, it comes and goes every afternoon. But there, like, <clears throat> they don't really get their rain in summer, but they get it in winter, but it's very much like you explained Vancouver at the coast, it's constant rain, you know. Mm-hmm. But in summer, they don't they don't get everything, anything with us, it's just the reverse. But it's weird, like, yo, we had snow last year, man, I still filmed it, it was crazy. Like, dude, the, the whole of South Africa went crazy. Easy man. They were like, oh, snow, snow, we've never seen snow. Like it was on the news, like Facebook was congested with snow pictures and the status updates of snow. Yeah, it was crazy. Like That is pretty crazy. Snow in Africa. You wouldn't think you'd have snow in Africa. What we do get on, you know, on more regular occasions is like ice. You know, we'll get like frost, you know, that type of thing. You know, you'll wake up in the morning and everything is just frozen, but there's no snow. You know, yeah. oh, it's like your grass is frosted. Your trees standing 
pistol with that, even if the wind goes through them because they're so frozen up, you know. Your yeah. car won't start because everything's frozen. That you do get when it's really cold. But snow, we don't really get. So we get... Do you guys have, like, uh, lions and elephants and zebras? <laughs> yeah, we have them. Really? Yeah, yeah, we do. Like, what do you mean when you ask that? We, do we have them? Like, is it, a, is it common to see elephants or lions? Do you get it? Are there, like, animal attacks? Is that a concern? Are you, uh, no, 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 dude. Like, no. you see, and that, that's the statement I'm coming coming back to that we started this whole thing with. Yeah. Like, you don't see wildlife yet. Dude. Like, for... I think the closest place you can see proper wildlife in the wild from here is probably the Kruger National Park, which is a good four hours away. Yeah. Okay. Or yeah. There, might be, there might be some other reserves that are, like, you know, not as popular as that. But you don't see wildlife or you don't know about it. I mean, it's like, you know, you have to drive to a nature reserve or you have to go to the zoo or something. But you don't see, like, you know, anything abnormal. I think the Americans have more you know, attacks with people having pets that are not supposed to be pets, you know, compared to us having attacks here. Like, don't don't get me wrong. Like, there's been a lot of uh, occasions where people go into the Kruger National Park and they don't know what they're doing and, like, animals attack them and, you know, stuff like that. Like, I've seen a clip of a, an elephant charge a car. You know, it's like, that's going to happen if you ask for it, you know, but if you just, you know, you don't use your common sense and... You have a crocodile or a bear or something as a pet, and it's gonna it's gonna get at you at some time. I've heard like on the borders, like because we've got, because see we like, <laughs> this is gonna sound very weird, but we like the, like the, the gold point or the, like the hub of Africa, oh, yeah. Southern Africa. So everybody from neighboring states, um, like their their economies are so bad. They all want to work here because there's actually job opportunities here. So they, we we got like quite a lot of people coming in from neighboring countries, and um, <laughs> sometimes they have to cross the border at certain places where there are wildlife and stuff like that. So I've heard stories of you know um, what's a sequoia nails? Hippopotamus. A hippopotamus like eating people. And elephants, and they get oh. eaten by lions. But so, I mean, he's saying now people are crossing the border illegally. Right? Yeah, it's illegally. Yeah, yeah. Like they, they cross the river, and you know the hippo eats them or something. Yeah, because hippos are are really dangerous animals. Yeah, oh, dude. Like I guess they're underrated in terms of of, of aggression and brutality, but those things tear you apart. Eh? They will kill. Yeah, I've heard um, hippos are really dangerous. I, I'm more scared of them than a lion or anything like that. Dude, like to. Give you an idea, like, to me, like, I'm not, I'm not really into wildlife and stuff like that. I work for a company um, in the Limpopo province where I flew tourists from um, South Africa to Botswana. And I was fortunate enough that one night they let me sleep over in the lodge, which was awesome. Like, I had a big room to myself, five-star everything. I went on the game drives, everything. This was the first time, and I think I was maybe 23. It was the first time in my life that I went on a game drive, okay, like an open car game drive. Dude, I shat myself, man. Really, like, there was... Obviously, these rangers know the animals. You know, this one's Piti and Pasani. Like, they know the names of all these animals, so they know them by heart, okay? Like, we pulled up to, and I mean, dude, we're driving like a Land Rover truck, which is slow as hell, okay? So if something happens, you're dead. 
and it's full of people. So it's acceleration is lagged as well. So we got up to this herd of elephants and do this elephant, oh my word, like it looked at us and it made its ears like really big and it, you know, it trunked, you know, it like told us, hey, what's up? But dude, the sound, like you don't hear it, you feel it, like your clothes like vibrate like this. Dude, it was crazy, man. It's not something to mess around with. But then the guy said something which I didn't know. It's like when an elephant takes its ears and it makes it flat, that's when it's making itself aerodynamic. So then you've got to go. It's going to charge you regardless of whatever. If the ears go flat against the head, you're gone. Okay? But if they, if they come out to the side like this, that just means they're just making themselves bigger just to intimidate you. Yeah. yeah. Same with lions. Like we drove a little bit further. There was a herd of lions like lying there. And there was some cubs. So the guy said, that's the grandmother. And then the one is like the cousin or something of the baby cubs. But the cousin was already grown. Dude, and this grandmother, it was a, a, a female lion lying there. And she's just growling, you know, just growling, like constantly telling the cousin, you know, stay away. Don't get too close. Dude, and this, this, this little, this lion goes to the cubs and starts playing hard. But this lion gets up the the grandmother or whatever. Dude, but she takes that thing here by the neck. But she throws it, dude. And the agony, like you can just hear, like that 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 lion is not messing around, man. It's like saying, you know, I'm gonna kill you. And the noise, dude, like once again, you feel it, like everything vibrates, dude. I was shitting myself, man. So I can't imagine, like you know, being attacked or being uh, under, you know, like not being disclosed or something when one of those animals or you know in close proximity to you or hide you out or something. No, it's crazy, man. Yeah, you're so, yeah, at mercy. So if we had any animals running around in the streets like any, everybody thought it would, we would all be dead. That I can tell you now. Right. All the animals will be hunted for food by the less, uh, you know, some people that, you know, the thugs and stuff. Yeah, I've heard that in some places in Africa, like one of the one of the leading causes of death is by ants. And like, ants. Yeah, like a shitload of ants will just like swarm people while they're sleeping. And just like, just kill you. You'd be killed by like a million ants. That might be bullshit. I don't know, but that, I heard that somewhere. Uh, dude, well, you, you said Africa, right? You didn't say South Africa. Not South so. Africa. Yeah, not South Africa. Somewhere. Dude, I've, I've never heard of that in my life ever. Uh, I've never, uh, I've never seen. It. I know there's a movie out that I watched when I was a kid about these giant ants that I. Crawl up people's noses and ears and start eating them from the inside, but Shit. I haven't. I haven't. No, that to me is mosquitoes do. Like up in Africa, like mosquitoes carry um, malaria. Malaria, right? Uh, which is that kills quite a lot of people. They don't eat you though, but yeah. they they just inject you with a disease. Yeah, right. and the it's not cool. The creepiest thing that I've heard is that the amount of ant flesh is equal to the amount of human flesh on the earth. So, like, wow. <laughs> there's a million times more ants than there are humans, and an ant is, on average, about a millionth the size of a person. So, like, if you put all the humans in a bucket on earth, and then you put all the ants in a bucket, it would be the same, like, the same amount of stuff. <laughs> That's yeah, weird. That I wonder. I wonder where all those ants are going to come from. Probably like South America and Africa. Because I doubt, I doubt you're going to find that many ants in the east or in Europe or, you know, up north. 
You'd be surprised. They're resilient little fuckers. They'll like there's a lot of ants in in Canada. They'll they'll survive through the winter. They build like cities underground. Like they are smart and they are hardworking. They're a very successful species. Yeah, did but they like they like work their whole life. That's all they do. They yeah. never not ever work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like they're resilient. <laughs> have you seen you got have you seen this video where they uh, they they pour this certain kind of cement into this big ant city and then they excavate it out so you can see you can actually see all the like inner workings of this ant city okay. and it's so fucking crazy it's like highways and roads and like big like big domes of like it's like a city it's they're it's very intelligently designed and it's like the creepiest thing ever. You have to see this. It's amazing. And they do that all for the queen ant, right? Yeah, all for the queen. The queen like, is, like, I think the queen is the only one that that has sex and gives birth. Like the yeah, queen births yeah. them all. So the queen think just gets gangbanged by like all of the, all of the guys. <laughs> and she's the only girl that gets it. And then she just like bursts out all these kids. She's a slut. <laughs> That's funny. It's the same with bees as well, isn't it? I think it's similar with bees. Yeah. They all gangbang one queen bee. <laughs> and it's all about like protecting the queen. Dude, I've bizarre. never I've never thought about it like that. That's funny. <laughs> could you imagine but, could you imagine fucking an ant? Ants have to be the most unsexy animal ever oh, dude, I've done it so many times I don't have to imagine it man <laughs> that's your thing eh yeah uh, so you don't want to drag this do you I would love one ah yes dude when I went when I went to America I took this thing with me yeah. And like the people, the guy, the people I stayed with, at first they were like, oh, you know, you smoke your pipe, whatever, you're going to smoke our stuff. But later on, like they would, they would like suggest to me, yo, dude, like pack that flavor, man. We want to smoke that flavor. Like they don't just want to smoke, like they want to smoke a certain flavor as well. Yeah. Uh, Neil, Neil actually told me that on the previous one you did with uh, Rob and Matthew and who was the other guy? Uh, I think it was just, yeah. Yeah, just Rob, Rob G and and Matthew, Matt Ledoux, and Leon was there. Were, yeah, were they smoking something as well? Um, Leon was. Leon was smoking some hookah. Ah. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's um, that's the guy from Shop Task, right? Yeah. Robin, Robin, Matt were. They're very. But, yeah. They're, they're very, very, very healthy and clean. They wouldn't have a beer. They wouldn't. Uh, they wouldn't smoke. They were just, just mad focused. Oh really? Yeah. No, especially Rob. Like, he had that. Um, he had like a website. Uh, controlled accidents or something. Uh, yeah, controlled accidents. Accidents. And he used to post like all these like fitness stuff that he does and and like what he eats and stretches and I don't know what else he does but but I mean you can see it like if you if you watch like footage from him back in the day and how he looks now even though he's older he looks he looks healthier dude like I remember seeing there was a clip of him in Betty Dead 
where he was skating without his shirt. Dude, like, I saw him skate. I was like, dude, you're old, man. You know, your time is done. You, you look, physically, you look like an old man. And now, like, I don't know what, well, now that you guys are telling me this, I didn't know this, but he looks way better now, man. He looks, he looks young, dude. He looks like, he looks like my age, you know, and I'm sure he's older than me. Yeah. So, I don't know what he did, but he did something right. Like, he looks good now, and he's, he's good on his blades as well. You know, like, it's oh, not man. just the basic stuff. Like, he really throws it down. Yeah. That's the thing about aging. Aging is, that's just a number, but you can actually improve a lot with age just depending on your habits. Like, yeah. you can, like, yeah, Rob's a good example. He he looks better now than he did six, seven years ago, for sure. Oh, no, definitely. And, yeah, six, seven years ago was about the, uh, the time of Bailey Dead. I think it was 06 yeah. when it came out. I saw him, yes, dude, he looked bad, man. Like, his stomach was, like, sagging, and he just looked unhealthy and old. But now he looks like a, he looks, like, very much on par, you know? Yeah, he's like a ninja. Pretty amazing. I've got a question. All right. Um, I actually just saw it yesterday or today that David Sizemore is off uh, rollerblade or something. Really? Like, Juicy. What, what's, your, <laughs> what's your opinion about You don't know that? about that. No, I, I didn't know about that. Some of us are rolling news fags. I know the whole world hates rolling news, but yeah. I, I, don't, I don't go on there and, and comment, but I think the information is pretty informative. I just think some people let it go to their head, but that's where, you know, we saw it. And I was actually quite surprised as well. I'm usually more informed. I've been, I just got back yesterday from Vancouver. I was down there on business for a few days, so I didn't check the, the roller sites. But uh, that's pretty juicy. So did he get fired or did he quit? I think he quit. Yeah. Oh, really? Uh, actually, yeah, they don't say. Like, it's just the... I think Kevin Dowling posted, like, a, a video that... Like, a farewell to Rollerblade video. Just, like, raw clips. And it's it's insane to see the stuff he does. Like, yeah. I don't know so what's the reason why. That guy's uh, incredible. He's good. No, he's crazy, man. Like no, he, I, think, he's got... I think that's actually really good news for David Sizemore. Um, I think, like, uh, my personal opinion about Rollerblade, they make a good product and everything, but they're not a very hip company. I don't think, uh, like, someone who's on Rollerblade automatically won't get as much attention or respect as someone who's on another brand. I think David Sizemore should be... I don't know. He should be, yeah. He should be. He should be working with. I don't know. Come on, say better, it. Better people. <laughs> uh, say like, it. He should be working. Uh, what am I trying to say? Oh, the pressure is on now, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he'll just. He'll. He'll, he'll just. Uh, he'll. Fuck. It's too early. My brain isn't working. But. He'll. It'll be good for him to to hang out with some other people. That's what I'm saying. And work with some other videographers and I think he's gonna really he's gonna be a big a big deal for sure. He's really one of the best skaters out there. He's really, really good. Dude, like someone posted something that's very true on I think it was BMAC where they said uh, regarding this whole thing, they said he can, you know, he can, number one, he can basically go to any company, he'll fit in right away, okay, because he's amazingly good, his, his style is universally, uh, um, I would say, I wouldn't say accepted, but it just suits any style of skate, number one, yeah. and number two, 
he's good enough. You know, he's good enough with the Broncos and all those people to totally be put in that league. And oh, yeah. he's so young still, dude. He's still a young dude. Yeah. You know? So I think, like, there's big things coming for that, that guy. Personally, he's not my favorite. But, I mean, the tricks that he does is, you know, it's, it's crazy stuff. Um, I think he would, he would do well with – I think the Valos will suit him quite well. Um, maybe even Shadow. But I, I see there's already people saying this whole uh, this new Sabre thing will, will – will, will, they're putting their money on Sabre. I don't know why. But I think – I think the battles, you know, battle will look good on him. Not, I'm not a big battle fan. I don't know, you know, crazy about this guy, but I think that'll suit his style well. But what I've also liked about him is, um, I also remember seeing him a bit of cold and on the DVDs and stuff. Whenever he speaks about Rollerblade, like, like he's a very good representative of whatever company he's, you know, he's standing for, associated with. He's yeah. a good rep and he's he's a good voice. You know, he's a good guy to, you know, to put the word out there about a certain product. You know, and still, he's so young. You know, he's still a young dude. So, I mean, pick him up. You know, someone needs to pick him up soon. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, otherwise, I might lose him forever. Yeah. Because, yeah, you're <laughs> right. He's so young. And he's only recently, I think, really coming into his own. Like, he's got the skills, but I think he'll start to get more and more exciting. And he's already, like, really exciting. But as he as he ages, he's just going to be amazing, that dude. Yes, there's like a couple of them. John Bellino, um, him, what's that other guy's name? Like one of my favorites, Josiah Blee. Oh, yeah, I forgot, I forgot to say that's that, another favorite skater right there. That guy also kills kills it. But yeah, it's a bit like um, I actually thought about it the other day. Like Haffy, he hasn't skated, or I've only seen like one clip of him skating with like a different pair of rollerblades than rims. Um, like all these years, he's stuck with stuck with the Aragon as well with um, with the razors. Yeah, that's quite admirable. Yeah, what are you scanning at the moment? Shadows. Shadows. You like your shadows, eh? Um, I think they're the best option right now. Okay, they are good skates. I think I had I had three pairs. And I love them, man. I really like them, but in my opinion, eventually, and you know, nothing against shadows. I mean, if they work for other people, they should work for me. But in some terms, they just didn't. Like at, at one stage, like they became um, the top. You know, the cuff part became sort of loose. You know, a bit flimsy at times. And I also found that I, I really struggled uh, bending on ledges. You know, especially doing top sides and fish brains. You know, anything top side. But like I said, there's people that do them fine. So. And that's just the flaw within me. Um, but the biggest thing to me was because everything is so big, you know, you got a big groove, big soul plate, everything. To me, that started at, at one stage, it just didn't feel that natural anymore. It didn't feel to me like that's what it's supposed to be like, you know? Yeah. And I switched, you know, I don't want to say this, but I switched to razors. I got my next pair after my last pair of shadows was a pair of razors, SLs. And a lot of those issues that I had disappeared, especially the ledge, the ledge part. You know, so no shadows are great; they're cool looking and everything. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Prefer the razors rather. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm curious. I, I might try. Well, I I really want to try the new shadows. I also want to try the new rems. The. Uh, oh, the one. Sender, the, uh, 
What are the two balanced ones? Yeah, because I used to skate rems and I really enjoyed them, but they really were flimsy. They would, there was so much weight on the side, like they weren't balanced, and they caused a lot of foot pain on the side of my foot because there was so much outside weight. But I tried on Joey. Joey got the new center or whatever they are, balanced rems, and they feel way better. They feel way more solid, and you put your foot in them, and they're way more comfortable because they're just the distri weight distribution on your foot's more even. So I'm kind of interested in trying those too. That's know. that's really cool, like that you're saying that because you know I I saw this concept because I distribute for razors and rems, like I know what's happening, you know, usually before it gets publicly announced, and I heard that they were going to do this, and I didn't really, well, I've never skated rems, uh, I've tried on a pair or two, but I've never physically owned a pair, and I heard they were going to do this, and I didn't, I couldn't really see that it would make such a big difference, you know, just moving the frame, you know, slightly to where it's supposed to be for starters and well now that you say that that's great you know because the other people um people that have bought some pairs from me or you know all over the world which had reviews on them specifically mentioned that you know as quite a priority in the review that that you know the skate is a lot more centralized and it's it doesn't even feel like the old rims yeah it feels way better i just tried it on quickly but it was instantly way more comfortable and way more solid feeling the old ones you, you would put them on and you're you know sometimes in certain skates your feet just bow over naturally like you stand there and you, your your feet just kind of curve in and your wheels yeah. like bend in like this that that's really bad that just shows that it's not it's not on your foot correctly like you should be standing straight it should feel more natural to be aligned on your foot yes definitely so I have to say, I skated a pair of rims, and in my honest opinion, like, um, but I had the OSs, and like, like from day one they skated awesome, like they were great skates. But after a while, like I'm not a big fan of straps. That's another thing of the shadows that irritates me. It's like straps and stuff. You know, I need a solid skate because I tend to like break straps and you know dude like he'll break whatever he doesn't want to break <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like he hates straps and he snapped his strap on his rims what do you know yeah I, it's weird so that's that's like a big thing for me i just want a plain skate that just doesn't have extra shit that so can... what what are what are you in um now i'm on on razors as well it's my first pair that i've had before that, another pair of skates that were really nice were Classic Thrones. I loved them. They were really, really good skates. Yeah. But they are. That's it. Razors SL all the way, baby. <laughs> Which razors? The SL. I got the, the C-Lines. Yeah. I, I think I'm on my one, two, three. I think I'm on my sixth pair of uh, SLs now. Really? Yeah, dude, they're amazing. Like... Yes, I love them so much. Like, everything on the skate is perfect. Like, I have zero issues. Like, there's nothing I can say about the skate that I don't like, you know, or something that I'm unhappy with or, you know, with other previous skates. But once again, it comes down to personal preference and not that there's anything wrong with the product. It's just me, but certain things just didn't work for me on certain skates. And I found that uh, the air styles are great. Like, if I had to take the Renaissance... Uh, 
of Therese's Genesis, for example. Like those, they were great skates, but <clears throat> what happened was I would wear the sole plate down way too quickly. So then I'd had to replace a whole sole plate, and that to me was just too expensive, you know. So there's a pair of razors that didn't work for me, but the ASOS to me are amazing. Yeah, Full I've never package, skated, like I've never skated razors. Uh, yeah, they're amazing. Like, what you, let, let's let's hear what he what he thinks. I mean, he can give an honest opinion with him skating his first pair. Yeah, I have to say, um, I kind of like expected more because everybody skates it. Like a lot of people have been skating it for, over the years. So I was like, I think my perception of it was these skates are gonna like revolutionize my my skating, and it didn't. <laughs> yeah. But then. But they're not not bad skates. Like they're solid, and and uh, in my honest opinion, like with with rollerblades, and also coming from a camera perspective, it's it's just a tool. Like in the end, it's what you do with it that makes the difference. If you you can't expect the skate to like improve your skating and stuff like that, sure it will make it easier. But if you don't if you don't practice or you don't you know commit then it's not going to give you that results that you expected. But other than that, they're great skates. Like, they, they work and they do their thing and they're solid and, yeah, I like them. Cool. Nice. Yeah, I always say that you're better off having you're better off having a shitty pair of skates and a really strong, healthy body and than having a really good pair of skates and being really sore and out of shape or, you know. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So body, body first, and then skate second. Yeah. But, uh, I do think that there's a lot of progression to be made with uh, with rollerblades. Yes. I think. Like, I, th I always say that in in 30 years, people will laugh at the skates that we're skating in now. They'll look back and be like, "How did you guys do that shit in those clunky skates?" Like, I think skates now are really restrictive in in body movement and skates of the future will be it'll feel more like walking or like the natural movement of your foot the way that we walk and use the balls of our feet roll blades of the future will bend like that and in and instead of being like these very restrictive straight platforms because you can't really move your foot in rollerblades. Like your foot is yeah. stuck on this base, and that's yeah. very unnatural for the way that our that that's very unnatural for the way we normally move our feet. So, yeah, that's true. I think uh, it'll go more into like a more flexible kind of thing. I know that sounds crazy because we're so used to having a frame, but I think I don't think we'll have frames in the future. I think all the wheels are going to act independently under the boot and they're going to bend like with the foot. And I think like there's a big problem like if you okay, put a pair of skates on your mom, right? She it's going to be so awkward for her and she's going to fall on her face, right? Like it's so unnatural. I think skates in the future will be more like you could put them on your mom and your mom you know, it'll be weird having wheels, but it it'll she'll be like, "Oh, okay." Like it'll feel more natural and she'll be able to pick it up like way faster. Like within minutes, she'll be comfortable on them. What are you Um, uh, tell me, what do you think about, <coughs> about these, um, the, well, 
Maybe I should. I'll just say it all at once. What do you think about the saber skate, uh, the um, the vegans? What are they called? The adapts yeah. and this whole carbonizing thing with with USD. Um. Oh, I've only seen pictures of the adapt skates. Um. So I can't speak about them specifically, but. I think the more companies that try to make skates, the better. Yeah. The more people that that put their brain towards that and try to experiment with different things, it's it's better. Like anyone who wants to make skates, I'm happy about that. Um, the Seba skates, Seba, I'm really happy that they're attempting to make an aggressive skate because. If you've ever tried Seba skates, they're really, really good, and they're really solid and fast, and you can tell that the people that make them put a lot of care into the technology that they're that they're using. Um, I'm not. I don't. I don't think that right off the bat they're going to come out with an amazing aggressive skate. I almost predict that they're just going to kind of follow what other aggressive skate companies are doing and make something similar. <laughs> But over time, I, I, I hope that it'll progress and they'll kind of do their own thing a little bit more. I don't know. We'll see. That's actually something um, you made me th think about it. Like when I, when I grew up, I kind of experienced like the evolution of skates from, you know, Majestic 12s and the, the K2 Fatties and like every skate that came out was something new, like they had new technology and like the UFS thing and and then at one stage it just kind of stayed the same if if I not really but like overall all the skates were like manufactured the same way and had the same they, there wasn't that big amount of evolution in each pair of new skates that came out I mean if you look at it like classic thrones and and like razors with that their type of skate they've had it for years yeah. There's like nothing new. It's I don't know, kind of upset upsets me. But it's also you have to think of a company perspective. It makes sense if it works, it works, and if they're selling skates, they sell skates. So exactly. I, don't know. I think what they do. <coughs> sorry, I think what they do is um, <clears throat> now that he mentioned the razor skate, what they did um, with the SL skate, which I think was great, is um, and that's you know especially to me where I had the problem with the Genesis is they made the, the midsole part of the SL skate which fits into the boot and then you have the sliders you know so if you wear anything down you can individually just remove it and replace it you know and I mean they said it made the skate lighter which it probably did but to me I think the evolution came to a point where you said that it stagnated and then you know uh, um, it's almost like your life became a little bit cheap and a little bit easier but the skate wasn't necessarily better you know or it wasn't necessarily evolved into something different that you haven't seen before. Yeah. And again, it, that's a financial thing. Like companies just don't have the money to experiment and put and put a lot of research and development into some new weird skate that may or may not sell. Right? They have to really play it safe and and yeah. do what's economically going to work for them. And and that happens to be just using the same mold as. As they've been as they've been using right and maybe doing a different color a different person's signature on it 
maybe different replacement parts, like do cheaper things to make, to make it fresh. But uh, that's why it would be nice. It would be nice if there was a lot more money in the sport because there's so much there's so much you could do with skate technology that like it's hard for us to see now because yeah we're so used to the skates that we're using and they they work fine. People do amazing things on them, so it's easy to say like yeah skates are skates and and they work. They do, but it could be it could be infinitely better. Like the whole sport could be completely different with different technology. So I just want to go off topic here. I want you to read what rollerblading trick this uh, hookah tobacco is. Read that. Okay. Mizu. There we go. <laughs> Rollerblader. <laughs> I like. What do you guys think of Mizu's? Dude, I love Mizu's. Like, to me, just a normal Mizu. It's actually, to me, it's a safety trick. I can really jump high and do Mizu's, but to me, it's not the best looking trick. Okay, it's not, to me, to me, it's not a best, it's not a good looking trick. And, like, you look at videos, well, at least I, when I look at videos, I don't see a lot of Mizu's being done. I had a little bit of a mindset change when I saw Victor Arias do, um, he did a Mizu, I think, IV3. He does a Mizu, plain Mizu down a kinged rail, like lots of kinks. And then he he, uh, he goes choose pin switch sweaty on the on the straight part. And I was like, damn man, Mizus are not that bad. But, you know, if Victor Arias does it, then maybe I can do them more. <laughs> yeah. But to me, like Mizus, to me, it's a it's a safety trick. But I, especially when we're filming and stuff, I try not do them a lot. Like sweaties and kind grinds and true Mizus, I'll do. But the normal Mizu. Like a sweaty looks cool to me. Like if you if you bend your body, like I don't know if you can see, but if you like don't look forward while you're doing it, if you bend your like body inwards and kind of like to look down on your skates, that looks really. Yeah, sort of like yeah. keep your your hips parallel with with the obstacle. Yeah. yeah, that looks sick. What do you think of Mizu's? And what's your safety trick? Me, probably Mizu's are my safety trick. <laughs> <laughs> I like to do Mizu's. Um, sometimes I think they can look really good, and for me, I feel there's I I feel like I can do a lot with the Mizu. I feel like it, like it works for a lot of different, uh, like doing a Mizu and then jumping into something else, or spinning into something else. I can do Mizus like into heel rolls. I feel like it's a really versatile. Like <laughs> grind, um, and I think it's interesting that people will hate on Mizu's. Like, well, not hate, but they'll be like, "Yeah, they don't look, they don't look too good." So, like for that reason, I kind of like to do them because people will, people typically like don't want to film a Mizu. Like, it's like a joke. Like, <laughs> dude, you know what's weird? At the uh, now that you're saying this, why would people hate on a Mizu but not on a sweat stance? It's exactly the same thing, just from the other side. Yeah, I guess it's just like a sweat stance. I guess is more, more boned over. It's more difficult. Yeah, that that is a good. It's very similar, right? It's the same thing. It's just not topside. Yeah. So why hate on the one but not hate on the other one? I don't know. Like, that's well, actually, 
Yeah. I actually need to ask myself that question as well, dude. Because, I mean, I don't, like I said, I don't like doing movies when we're filming. But sweat, you know, sweat sounds I'll do. Yeah. Well, that's actually a good point you're raising. Like, I don't know, at some stage in, like, in my life, I, I, I just, I don't want to, like, limit myself in terms of what looks cool and what doesn't. I mean, if you if you do a, a Mizu and nobody else does it, that's actually pretty cool because, I mean, it, it's new and I don't know. It's like the same thing happened with X-Grinds. I don't know, way back, like, we used to do X-Grinds and then it kind of, like, died died down and then I think Dustin Latimer came and he, he did one down a, a rail or something and everybody was like, whoa, <laughs> X-Grinds. <laughs> and then... Yeah, it, it it became a trend. Everybody started doing X grinds everywhere. Yeah. So never never undermine any rotating trick, I think. No. And the the thing you have to remember is that like you kind of as role biters, we're like so immersed in this culture, right? And to us, like a Mizu represents kind of this easy, simple, sort of like not very good looking trick. But if you were a non role biter a Mizu really would look exactly the same as a Soul Grind yeah. or, a, or a Royale. It, it's just a grind. Like it's, it, it has no context. So if we create this context, like like when Dustin Latimer did that X grind and no one else was doing it, it was like new and exciting. Like ooh, but really it's it it has no context. We just create those things and like it's not it's not yeah. true that. Mizus are silly or whatever. We just create that culturally, right? Yes, definitely. Um, but did like I've noticed that Victor Victor Arias does do he does do quite a lot of Mizus, more mistrials, but he he does do Mizus. So yeah, it's cool to do Mizus, man. Do Mizus. <laughs> yeah, but that's actually that, that's a good feels point. good for people. You should just do like, like what feels good. Like um. My girlfriend, um, I usually like look a lot. I watch quite a lot of road blending videos. I'm kind of addicted to it, and I'll show her like a section or somebody, and she'll just be like, "Yeah, that's cool." Like she can see the difficulty in it, but and, and that made me think quite a lot. Like to outsiders, people outside our sport, if you do a mizu down a rail or you do a 720 kind grind, like the only thing they see is person jumping onto a rail grinding down that's all they see they don't yeah. see the the technical aspect and it's very true like what you say um we create that in a like in our minds what's cool and what's difficult and i don't know it's, yeah that's uh what is a trick <laughs> realistically speaking that you haven't seen before that you would have liked to see? Maybe that's two questions. What's one that you haven't seen and what's one that you would like to see? Wow. <clears throat> like, I'll start it off. Like, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> one that I haven't seen, I, I think I've only seen it being done once. And I, don't ask me where, but it was a 360. I think it was a 360 X grind or a top X, one of the two. But that to me was, wow, man. Damn, that is like, even though it's both your sole feet on the same obstacle, which sounds easier than doing like a topsole, you know, 360 topsole, but that to me was like mind-blowing. 360 X-Grind. I feel like I've seen a 360 X-Grind. Have I, or? I think I've seen it once. It was in a video, but I, don't ask me what video it was. I can't remember. It sounds like a Jeff Howard 
top of Jake. Might be. I would like to see like a. Have you, have you ever seen someone do like a, a an alley-oop fish, fakey three back to alley-oop fish? Damn. What? Tree spin or end spin? Either way. No. Either Just, dude, way. I think I think the tree spin part is crazy, man. Yeah, I haven't really seen that. That would be cool. There was one one trick that I um, I thought about when I was still in high school. You go <laughs> you go putt slide, and then you like kind of slip out on purpose. And as you slip out, you bring your other foot over into a porn star, like an alley porn star. Right. And there's only one guy I've seen it do, and uh, <laughs> it's Robert Carrera. <laughs> <laughs> I've only seen like one person do that. that like would be he goes, super sick. yeah, he goes very quickly, like putt slide, slips out, and just before he falls, he like steps over that on. into the pond. Deeper. What about Chris Palmer in Barely Dead, where he does, um, what does he do? I think he does forward putt slide, uh, front putt slide, to back slide to sole. Whoa. But it's slow mode, so you can see like it's legit, dude. Like his tricks, all three tricks are properly done. It's not like tap, 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 go. Yeah. I think he goes butt to backside and then he puts his foot down. Uh, yeah. It's like a close-up. Nice. Have you guys ever seen a, a really old video called Nickel and Dime? I've never heard of really it. Really old. Super Nickel. old. Okay. Google, like, look at this video sometime called Nickel and Dime, and there's the be there's the nicest switch up ever done in Nickel and Dime. This guy does, like, back in the day, people used to do slow backslides down rails because the the plastic was really soft, so you could just like like slow motion like down rails, and this guy does a grabbed backslide down this rail going really slow, and then he does what you said with the slap attack where he moves his the his other foot into a top porn. But the way he does it, he's holding his foot and he like basically moves his foot holding it the whole time and places it into a alley -oop top into an alley -oop porn. It is so sick. <laughs> you gotta watch this video just for that trick. It's amazing. And he's he's got like huge jeans on. Oh it's so sick. I, I don't do them that slow, but to me, that is also like one of my favorite tricks. I is like backslide to value porn. It's my switch foot on the porn, but damn, that trick feels so good. Like, especially if you can hold the backslide quite nice and you slowly but gradually put your like, foot down for the porn star. Yeah. Oh, I love that trick, man. Like, I don't really do them anymore because I do them too much, so I try and move away from them a bit, but damn, that trick is good. Uh, what else? Uh, something else I wanted to ask you now. I've got something, but it's a bit off off topic. Give what do you what do you, what what do you do like other than podcasts and rollerblading stuff? What <laughs> like you take I, shit. You take a shit. Just like a, how, how do you survive? You shit. I, uh, <laughs> I work. I work full time. I do uh, web development. Okay. So I I'm currently I'm working for a company in Vancouver. So I work from Kamloops. So I work remotely, just like Skype with my team every day and just do work from here for this company in Vancouver. It's pretty awesome. This is what I wanted to ask you. What does your wife think about skating and you skating and stuff? Um, 
she actually she actually knew me first from the videos before she really knew me. So she how, knew, how does that work? Like she had seen our videos before okay. she, before we got together. Nice. So she had seen like Cirque du Soleil, Better Than Baseball. Okay, buddy, how to be unpopular. Like, she was a little snowboard chick, and she would watch How to Be Unpopular before she would go snowboarding. How to Be Unpopular was, like, one of our really early videos, like, from 98 or – no, 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 2000. 2000. So, yeah, she would, like – she was maybe, I don't know, 15, 16, and she would be watching How to Be Unpopular, getting stoked, and then go up snowboarding. <laughs> wow. <Yeah. laughs> That's amazing, dude. Yeah. So then – I remember – Sorry, carry on. Oh, just she just knew me as a rollerblader before, so um, it's very normal to her, I guess, because she's always known me as that. But she's really supportive. She does a lot um, for videos, and yeah, she helped distribute Mushroom Blading One. She dealt with yeah, you. Yeah, she. That's how I spoke. I spoke with her. That was really weird. She has a weird last name. What is it like? Vegetable or what? <laughs> yeah, it's it's Venables. Venables. Yeah. But how do you spell it? You spell it like not how you pronounce it. Uh, v e n. No, isn't it G and they dude? I think on uh, I think on Facebook she put v vegetables. <laughs> like her. <laughs> funny but <laughs> like i remember her. email as well like I, I couldn't believe it was was i pronouncing vegetables wrong or was it spelled like that and what i couldn't make it out but okay no it's good that you clear that up <clears throat> it's weird how 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 rollerblading like meets different parts of your life like for you instance you met your your wife through rollerblading how, like with me, like a lot of like jobs and people I know and stuff are all inter interrelated with rollerblading. Yeah, it's weird how that like. It is weird. Like Did many things in my life are like that. Even even my decision to start uh, pursuing like web development as a career, I it was, it started as me thinking, okay, I wanna I wanna be able to like do stunts and take big risks with my body. But I still want to be able to work, right? I don't want to have to worry about like, oh, I shouldn't try this gap because then I won't be able to go to work at the factory or go welding or, you know, do a job that requires me to be physically healthy. So I'm like, what can I do that I can get really fucked up and then still be able to, to do my job? And I was like, oh, I could, the internet's pretty big. I'll just like learn how to make websites and stuff and then... I can just sit if I break my leg or something. I can still sit and work. Yeah. <laughs> so, so a lot of decisions are based on on role bidding. and then like a lot of the things that I've learned have just been from like wanting to do things related to role bidding, like making mushroomblading.com, starting a web uh, podcast, um, a lot of things like that. So like my skill set. A lot of it comes from what I've wanted to do with rollerblading. Yeah. So. Dude, but these podcasts are really cool, man. Like, yeah, it's a very cool I, idea. Like, I, I've seen them for a long time, but I really didn't think much of them. You know, I was like, oh, whatever, it's just another thing going. And then, yeah. I think I think you you really made a name when you started doing Julian Barr and you know Angie Walton and that you know, 
you know, obviously if you bring the bigger names and you're going to have more attention. And then I, I listened to those and it was completely, you know, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I didn't know it was like an actual interview with people. So well done on, on doing that. I think it's it's good. And, you know, I think the best one still was the, the Angie one where she, you know, she exposed the whole truth. Actually, I've been wanting to say this, like um, another good thing that I took from the Julian Bar one, um, like personally, you know, before hearing, in the podcast, like I only saw him on videos. I briefly met him when I was at, at Bitter Cold, um, but I didn't like him. Like to me, he looked like arrogant, and you know, it, I can go on. But he, what I saw is just what I didn't like. And I listened to the podcast, and it was a complete opposite resemblance of what I thought he was. And after that, I was like, damn, this dude actually sounds pretty down to earth. You know, he explained the whole razors thing and the Tom thing. And what was cool to me is about how chilled he was about it. You know, you could hear like. He was expressing himself in a manner that there was no hard feelings. He wasn't angry. He was like, dude, I'm carrying on. You know, I've got yeah. things to do. People see, you know. And then after that, I was like, yo, you know, he sounds now. I'm like, yo, he's a cool guy. Not that I know him, but from what I've heard, what I've seen, you know, the picture is more clear now. I love to hear that because that's exactly why I wanted to have Julian Baugh on the podcast specifically because – I could sense that he was a really interesting person, but from what I saw from him on videos, it was very surface level, like this like crazy hip hop, like, like yeah, what's up, we out here, you know, and, and, and you only got like a very small window into who he actually was, like you only got this very kind of superficial, like cool guy but I knew there was a lot more beneath the surface and you get someone talking for two hours and there's no way they're going to keep up the like we out here what's up what's happening it's not going to go on for two hours like eventually you're going to get some some real thoughts and, and some real stories so yeah I'm really happy to hear that you got I wanna, I wanna, J-Ball no definitely I want to ask you um, who, how do you go about you know when you when you interviewed uh, Angie and Julian, how did how did you go about doing that? And uh, who who are you looking to interview in the future? Like who would you like to have on? Let me call it the Todd McInerney show. <laughs> um, what, is, what is it? McInerney, right? McInerney. It's it's pronounced McInerney. McInerney, yeah, nigga. Okay, who do you want to attack, <laughs> Todd McInerney show? Um. <laughs> I've contacted a lot of people over Facebook usually because I've got a lot of uh, rollerbladers on Facebook and I'll just ask them if they're interested in doing it. Um, I think I'm going to be doing one with Richie Eisler tonight, which I'm pretty excited about. And, okay, that's cool. Uh, I've, I've emailed a lot of people. Like, like uh, I really want to get Montre Livingston on. I really want to get Paul John I really want to get Sean C again. I really want to get Chris Farmer. Like any everyone. I want everyone. But it, it's a. <laughs> it, I think it's like scary for a lot of people. They they don't want to do it. Like it's because it's so revealing. Or or maybe it's they very think I'm, I'm, yeah. Dude, it's maybe. very like the truth comes out, man. Like yeah. you really got to think what you're gonna say. You know, you can get yourself in trouble but that is true yeah but that, that's that's nothing that's really cool about it like the whole podcast thing is i've got like this thing in my mind 
like we see we see all the edits, we see the products, and we see the teams, but you you don't actually see the industry how how the industry actually works. Um, that that's like a personal thing that frustrates me. Like where do where are skates assembled? Um, how does the factory look where they make wheels? Um, like how 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 does that work? Like how and like things like this, like the the podcasts and and just um, also to tap in into like video sections, like just reveal like behind the scenes. I don't know. Totally. So tell me, has uh, um, declined you that you were quite bummed about, or is that too revealing? Uh, well, um, Arlo has told me that he would be number one hundred. And okay. I was Arlo Eisenberg. I was really oh, yes. excited about that, and then he—I don't know—I never heard back from him. I—I I hit him up like, okay, because this was—we were at like 92, and I emailed him like, how great would it be if you were number 100? And he's like, yeah, sounds awesome. So I was all stoked, and I—I I did number 99. So I emailed him like, okay, it's time for 100. Like, when—when when does this work? And then he never got back to me. Okay. Well, yeah, dude. I mean, this the. The plan sounds cool. Like if you can get all those major names and stuff, and if you can, re you know, if the the average person on Reddit can really get an insight to how those people operate and what's really happening, it's you know, it, it's not it's not out there to you know to get secrets out that are not meant to be revealed. It's to you know, it's like you said, to get a proper perspective of what the person is like. You know, in a in a normal un business like you know conversation where they need to act up or something. And they don't have to speak about things that they don't have, you know, not supposed to talk about. But, yeah. you know, I think it's pretty cool. Dude, um, I saw this ad of you, um, and I never knew it was you until I saw Mushroom Blading, where I think it's it's a trailer for some video where you're wearing these dreadlocks and you're swearing like a freaking idiot and swearing at Canada and hating on Canada. And what was that about? You had these braids, or and your hair was long. And your face was like you were so agonized, dude. You were so angry at Canada or something. I think it was in. Um, I think it was in the bonus of um, Assassins. It was in some bonus. Um, yeah, but then was... I saw the real you. How the hell? How, how did that happen, man? It's not. Doesn't even look like the same dude. Yeah, I think you're talking about the Cirque du Soleil trailer. For, yeah. for a while, yeah. I had long hair and then I, I had braids, like tight cornrows. Uh, something about having that hair really affected my personality. Like when you have when you have braids like that, it changes you, man. It changes you. Dude, but you you going off, man. You were like I, I couldn't even. Like, after a while, it's just swearing. Like, I couldn't even make out if there was any statements or any truth in what you were saying. <laughs> I couldn't imagine being the guy filming that, man. You or the guy must have cracked himself. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> I like to uh, I like to go crazy. But I can see you have that craziness in you. You yeah. definitely have it, dude. It just needs to come out at the right time. Like, I don't know. You have this way where, like, even in the mushroom blading video as well, I'm like, damn, this dude is freaky but funny. You know, it's like a good type of freak. <laughs> so, yeah, I like to what, go crazy. what did you think about the blading cup? Um, it was all right. Well, you weren't overwhelmed by it. Didn't think it was awesome. Just, uh, yeah, it was cool. 
Did you watch it on TV? Did you have it there, or did you watch it online? No, I, I watched it online. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I thought they could have, like, they. I think they did well with the park that they had, but I was just, I was impressed by the TV coverage. I, th I thought it was really, like, very professionally done, like, the lighting and everything. It just looked like a, like a TV show, like, you know, like what X Games would look like. Yeah, yeah and it, it was it was cool, like, hearing rollerblading, like, commentators commentating on rollerblading tricks. It was funny, like, Olo and what's the other guy's name? Uh, Matt Mick. From Matt Mick, yes. Oh, yeah, He's Matt got a Mickey, weird voice. <laughs> he sounds like some... Dude, character. <laughs> like, <laughs> have you heard about his his uh, famous intuition cookies before? No. He's like at every show he exhibits, you know, intuition or whatever. He has these cookies that his mom makes. Yeah. And dude, like, before I went to Berakol, like, I heard about these cookies and how he's going off about these cookies and everyone's talking about them and they're like, any flavor you can pick, you can have. You know? So I bought a, I found him at a bit of call, but he's, he only opened the booth or like the little stand where you had the cookies a bit later on. And those cookies were amazing. Like you pick up the bag and they look like all soggy and old and it's like a grandma's bag with like a little zip tie at the top. You know, it looks, yeah. you know, like the stuff is old. And they came from the state where he was, you know, shipping all these stuff from Aswell. So they weren't like freshly baked or anything, but they were amazing. Like if you can ever have them. Really? Give them a shot, man. You know, I don't know. I don't know if he sells them like, you know, any other method than on occasion. But you know, they're pretty good. I have to hit up these cookies. Yeah, I, I think I had the the cinnamon. Like I'm a cinnamon freak. I had cinnamon something, but there were so many flavors to choose from, dude. Nice. Like all the good stuff. All the good stuff was there. So, um, have you ever been outside of Canada except to America or? Like, have you ever been somewhere else in the world? Yeah. Um, when we were filming for Better Than Baseball, we went to Ireland. And we did a little trip around Europe. We were in England, in London, and we were in Amsterdam. We were actually, we went to an IMYTA in Amsterdam. And we spent some time in Scotland, in Edinburgh. And that was really fun. Um... Have I been anywhere else? I think that's pretty much it. Uh, the States a little bit. I went to Arizona. Um, oh, yeah, with, um, with uh, Revolution. I saw um, James posting something about that about a year or two ago. Yeah. That, that you were going to be there. Would you ever come here? What's that? To South Africa? Yes. That would be pretty sweet. Um, if I you think come, my... Die. You're gonna die, man. I can't wait. Yeah, I, I'm, 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 I like danger. So yeah, that was fun. A little hesitant thing. <laughs> that would be fun, dude. Like the people that come, you love it, man. Yeah. Like the people that come, they have, like I said, they have a picture in their head, and when they walk away, it's, it's not like what they thought it was. Yeah, I am. I been... could imagine it'd be fun. A couple of guys have been here. Um, yeah, we need some. We need some coverage. We need some. We need a Todd. Yeah, yeah. Todd. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think there was an old Daily Bread article on South Africa. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it was. It was one year. Um, Angie was here. 
Yeah. Andrew Walton and Keith, the photographer. Yeah. And um, yeah, they did like a little little thing. It was pretty cool. Like back then, rollerblading was quite big, still. Yeah. Um, and other than that, Rashad Johnson's been here. Um, Abdil and um, so as long as Jaron Grove and <laughs> Albert Rui they've been here but since then that was like 2004 oh dude that's like since then nobody else so yeah. this is a message to all the teams come out here man really come out here you will enjoy yourself you can ask the big black man who showed himself he had a bull trust me <laughs> uh, it's, it's good out here people really need to come out here they can stay at our houses they won't get robbed Really, they'll have a good time. They'll have they'll have some good skating as well. Nice. But they don't come, man. Well, eventually. It's the same thing with Canada. When it was a bigger people came. People haven't people don't come here anymore. I guess they go to Montreal, which is Canada, but um, that's on the other side, like that's yeah. East, right? Yeah, that's very far. So you said you're speaking to Richie tonight? Yes, hopefully if he okay, doesn't so, like. So you know what to tell him. What do I tell him? You tell him that you like to take shits in the morning before you speak to us. Yes, I'll tell <laughs> him. No, you tell him, you tell him to come here. Tell him to come here. Uh, I, I do. South Africa. He travels around everywhere, so he probably will at some point. He's constantly. He's in China right now. He's just constantly all over the place. How, how, ask him how he lives. Yeah. What is he... What does he make a living of? You know, not not that it's any of my business, but if you constantly travel and rollerblade, how do you make money? Yo, how do you live? I mean, way. Um, yeah, I'm. I can't. I'm excited to find out. I know that he he saved up a lot of money, so maybe he's living off savings. And but yeah, to my knowledge, he doesn't work. So that'll be interesting to find out. I'm excited to talk he, to him. He's like a very clever guy from what I've heard he's got like a I think he's got a degree in like an MBA or something or business some huge business degree or something like he's yeah. Yeah, he's doing something something else outside rollerblading for himself as well which is cool like yeah he's very will, smart he is very accomplished guy so he'll and I mean he's, he's skating it's just I mean, he's on another level. No, I mean, he's, he's yeah. kind of old as well, right? Isn't he like 31 or 32 or something? I think he's like 32, 33. He's older. Indeed. Yeah. And his, his, yeah, case, his skating is incredible. He's skates like a young guy. He's, he's from Canada, right? Yeah. He's from Regina. Regina. Yeah, which is like <laughs> mid-Canada. Dude, but what amazes me about that guy is his, his skill with regards to skating switch. Eh? Like, he can do Every, you know, crazy tricks. Every switch and natural, yeah. Yeah. Like, spinning Every, into rails, yeah. switch and stuff. Like, what section was it? There was, I think it was also Assassin's. Damn, a lot of Assassin's coming up. But he was doing quite a lot of switch tricks in there. And I know in Vine Street, he does quite a lot, a lot of switch as well. Like, 270, you true spin front row, I'll down a handrail, normal and switch. Yes, Vine Street was good. Yo, quite impressive. The, uh, <laughs> in terms of like technical skill or technical grinding skill, like Richie is definitely one of the best. Like he can, his trick vocabulary is just insane. Have you seen he does uh, one of these Sweet Sixteen edits? And he 360s into souls. That apparently, like there's 16 different ways that you can do it. 
he does like in-spin, out-spin, switch, natural, topside. Um, look up uh, Richie Sweet 16, and he does like every way that you can 360 into a soul. It's incredible. How do you become that good, eh? How do you get that good that you can do every, every variation of a trick that there is? Switch and normal. How do you yeah. get that good? That's incredible. That's really incredible. Just f- focus and and his environment. He's really a product of his environment. Like if you go to Regina, there there's just like low rails all over the place. And he grew up skating like really nice low rails. So he oh, yeah, just so- got so comfortable on them. And he was really smart the way like we went to Regina and he built he built himself a grind box that was basically like a handrail, like it was a little bit higher and it was on a slight downslope. And he just learned like everything. He's really smart the way he approaches how he learns skating and he's very like he's a, he's a, he's crazy. He's good. I know a lot of people root for him for skate of the year every year. Like apparently there was there wasn't a skate of the year uh, nomination this year like there was last year. Yeah, and there was, a, there was a topic on BMAG as well, like new skater of the year, and like Rich Eyes' name pops up every time. Who won it last year, by the way? Wasn't it him? He won. We do a blader of the year. Mushroomblading.com does a blader of the year, and he won ours. Um, I think Nils Jansen won the one skater of the year. Ah, uh, yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we put up a voting on on our Facebook on Mushroom Blading, and Richie is winning that. He's a, he's on top. So he, we might just name him Skater of the Year again. I don't know. <laughs> he, can just, he can just be Skater of the Century. We'll just be done with it. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of that Nils Janssen guy, yeah. how's, how's that for Hammers, dude? Like that WRS edit he had last year. Wow, he took the world by storm, man. Yeah, that kid's crazy. He does some like really that big stuff. That king drop row that he does. Like, dude, it looks... I don't know. Like, what impresses me about him the most is the way he skates kink rails. Like, he just doesn't fly off them, man. Yeah. He just takes the kink at, you know, an abnormal speed and he lands it with, you know, total control. Yeah. That, that, yeah. that section he recently came out with, and it shows him falling... It's like all falls. He I saw that. Gnarly falls. Yes. I saw that. I was. I thought he was gonna land it at the end, but he didn't. Jeez. But that's actually like tapping into the other topic of the of the raw clips that's been floating around. It's cool to see. Like I remember the one with Aragon. Like him doing that disaster swell in in game theory. I mean, like, if you just watch the video, you, you don't see how difficult that trick really is. And if you see him fall, actually, it's cool to see, like, a professional like Brian Aragon falling. It just shows that he's also human. <laughs> yeah. Like, he can also fall. Dude, like, it looked like he was pulling jackass moves when he was, like, rolling on the grass and stuff, man. Like, I laughed. Like, seriously, to me, it was like, wow, dude. He's got so much speed. There's one where he bails and he rolls. It's like, wow, can you imagine, like, falling on concrete like that? You would die. Yeah, it really, like, that is admirable how people take these falls and they just get up. It's fucked up. It's not natural. So, Todd, uh, tell me, are you out there? Uh, are we out here? No, 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 you. I'm out here. Or are you out there? You're out there. 
Yeah, I'm out. I out here. Later, gang. We out here, later, gang. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Neil. Neil, what what is your what's your last name? Um, Vanderwalt. Uh, Vanderwalt. <laughs> yeah. Okay, just email me your name. Okay, oh, I will. Do. <laughs> or get Hugo to email it to me. Hey guys, it was awesome to chat with you guys. Thanks, yeah, thanks man. Thanks a lot for thanks, doing this. Thanks for your time. Yeah, we'll maybe maybe we'll do one again in the future. Maybe we didn't like I said I have verbal diarrhea, so I can't get it much at times. But we should stay in touch, definitely, man. We need like it's cool for the people out there to see what we do and what's up, actually happening here, because I guess most of the world thinks you know there's no rollerblading scene here. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, any websites that you want people to check out? or? Uh, yeah, they can check out um, our community site, which is, I think, still in construction, which is uh, iRollSA.com. It's just like you said, iRollSA.com. And then <clears throat> they can check out my business page with uh, regards to skate sales and stuff, but they really won't do much for them. It's uh, rollingSADistribution.com. Cool. And yeah, they, I mean, we got the Facebook groups for both pages as well. Yes, awesome. we'll, we'll send you all those details, like, and also links to, to our edits. Yeah, we'll send some edits as well. Yeah. Cool. We've got, like, actually a friend of, like, me and another friend, we made, like, this rollerblading library. It's still, it's still like, kind of private because we, it just took, like, months to upload all our edits and movies and stuff. But I've got, we've got pretty much everything there that's been produced by any rollerblader in South Africa over the years. So once that's up, we'll also link that. Yeah. Sounds good. Cool, man. Yeah. Good, good luck with your, with your child. Yeah. When she goes Congrats. into, what do you call that again? When they're going to labor, labor. sorry. Yeah, boy, labor. post some pics of that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you look uh, straight. <laughs> yeah, check out mushroomblading.com and uh, check out the website, check out uh, the podcast. And thanks a lot for hanging out, dudes. Shut man. Thanks, oh, and Neil. Yeah, send us the link. I will post this everywhere. Cool. Th thanks for your time. Cool, dude. Peace, guys. Peace. Peace. Peace.